Welcome everyone to the November 15th, 2023 Arlington County Board of Zoning Appeals. Um, before I uh, continue with my opening remarks and, um, and and we hear our agenda, I have a couple administrative matters to attend to. Um, can I ask if Ms. Shambrady happens to be present tonight? Okay. Um, how about Mr. Blakely? Mr. Blakely, excellent. Are you? Uh, can you tell me who you're representing tonight? In one or two appeals? Two appeals. Is there a representative present for the Austin Virginia Civic Association? Excellent. Is there a representative for the county attorney's office whom I think I saw online? Yeah, uh, yes, Mr. Chairman. Um, this is Ann Golsky with the county attorney's office. Um, I am not able to hear the t uh, any of the responses from the audience as to who is present. Uh, would it be possible to repeat yep. that? So, yeah, I'm sorry. They, they just stood up and that's probably my, my fault. Um, we have Mr. Blakely representing um, Mr. and Mrs. Myers in their two appeals, which uh, I believe is 04 and 07. And we have uh, Mr. James Rosen representing the Boston Virginia Square Civic Association um, Appeal 05. And I called out for Miss um, Shum Brady, and I don't believe she's present online or in the room. So we will proceed with the three. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Bowen, have the appeal fees been paid for these three appeals? Again, that is four, five, and six. Yes, Mr. Chair, um, as of this afternoon. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, four, five, four, and, five seven. and seven. Yeah, yeah, as of this afternoon for zero, 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 four, zero, 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 seven, and zero, 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 five, I believe, um, those three appeals did have their fees paid as of this afternoon. Okay, um, I understand it's county policy that appeals don't get scheduled until the fees are paid. Now that the fees are paid, I would like to schedule these three appeals for January 31st, 2023. I'm sorry, 2024, thank you, this freshman. <laughs> I have it on my notes, I wrote 23, so. Um, I believe we think the boardroom is available and the BZA and everyone else in the parties are available. So uh, I, I would like to seek unanimous consent from my colleagues to schedule appeals ZAPP 22004, 005, and 007 for January 31st, 2024. Objections. Hearing no object objections, unanimous consent passes unanimously. Um, along the same lines, I have um, two more appeals to schedule which are, and Mr. Bowen, um, correct me if I'm wrong, ZAPP 23-003 and 004. Uh, Mr. Chair, I'll check that momentarily. I believe that's correct. That I would like to um, request unanimous consent from my colleagues to schedule for January 24th, 2024. 
Hearing no objection, my motion passes unanimously for these appeals. Okay, back to the um, first four appeals. Um, the BZA would like to consolidate the hearings on these four appeals so that we don't have to hear these four appeals individually and have four different presentations for these appeals. And in doing so, I would like to propose that we offer each side 45 minutes for their presentation to be split for their presentation in the manner in which they feel fit. Does that sound acceptable to my colleagues on the board? Uh, do, do, yeah, please step up. I was going to ask. Um, I was going to ask um, for for the timing. I'm sorry. There. Can you hear me now? I can. Can you hear me? Okay. Sorry, the microphone was not on. Um, you're proposing, as I understand it, 45 minutes for so the four appeals per side. Per side. No, so normally, normally in an appeal, um, this board has deemed 20 minutes per side. Um, the I don't know requ requirement or the allotted time per side. But since we have now three of these appeals, um, we wanted to, to you know consult consolidate them into one hearing. You had mentioned four appeals, I, I, I gathered, but you're talking about the, the, the BVSCA and the two Myers. Appeals. Correct. Okay, right. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I apologize. We only have three appeals before us in okay. this in this group, so I misspoke. I apologize. Is it is it possible to get any more time than that, or that's sort of the limit of the? I would throw that to my colleagues for this discussion. True. Sure. I would prefer to keep it at 45 minutes personally. Okay. Um, going back to the dates, you're, uh, Mr. Chairman, it actually would be better for us if we were on the 24th rather than the 31st. I don't know. I know you've already confirmed other appeals for the 24th, but if we had been asked, we would have expressed a preference for the 24th. Is that possible? I, I can't. I'm sorry. I can't hear. No, we were not. Does uh, Ms. Uh, Golsky, do you have an opinion here? Um, I would really want to know if Mr. Bowen is, if Mr. Bowen has a thought on that, um, because I think I'm not sure what the status of scheduling those other two have been. If so, understood. Yeah, I will. I will ask Mr. Bowen next. Mr. Bowen, do you have a an opinion on uh, swapping these two? Yeah, I can't necessarily speak for the other applicants. We had mentioned, you know, some possible dates for them, but without confirming with the um, the other appellants for the um, EHO uh, permanent cases, I can't say for sure whether they would object. I mean, typically we would not check with applicants for their, you know, they would get that hearing on the, the actual month. Is that correct? Yeah, typically, um, especially in a case like this, where there's been some amount of coordination between and some amount of, you know, um, cooperation among county staff members to find, you know, dates for the county boardroom availability. Um, it would be additional challenge to look for dates. Um, we certainly could go into February. I don't think we can go any earlier for other hearing dates. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I am loath to move this date from the coordination that we've all put in to find um, the 31st. Yeah. Um, that being said, um, 
Mr. Bowen, would you mind reaching out to the other appellants and see if they'd be willing to swap if if no one else has any objection to that? I mean, I would, I would, so my plan would be to leave it as is, and if we need to swap it in December, we can swap it in December. Yes, I can certainly check um, with the appellants for the EHO permits. I mean, I think we would, we, we could figure this out and make it official in, at our next hearing, right? So, so we should be able to figure this out pretty quickly and notify applicants, and then we would just you know, rubber stamp that in December. I think we need to no, do it before that. We then. need to do it before that. Yeah, okay. that's not enough time. Okay, then let, let's leave it as is. Thank, thank you, Mr. Chairman, because the, the 24th would definitely be better for us. We are willing to work with the 31st if necessary, but we would prefer to be on the 24th. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah no, I, I think there's a misunderstanding. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think we're going to. Yeah. Well, I, I understand that, but this is sort of an extraordinary circumstance because we, after all, have been denied, wrongfully denied our appeal rights for a year and a half. So, oh, please, this, please, please. This is. No, I understand that. That was entirely Mr. Bowen's response. No, I'm, I'm sorry. This, this is not this is not a discussion we're going to have. It's not appropriate. No, we're having. We're, okay. This, the, is, this is logistics. And the one one logistical issue, though, Mr. Chairman, which does relate to that is whether we can have the right to supplement what we filed with respect to the the appeals, because it has been a year and a half, and there have been developments since then that we believe are relevant that we would like to bring to the board's attention. Yes, and and I believe that is normal process that an, app, an appellate or an applicant can um, submit additional material at any time. Is that correct, Mr. Bowen? Uh, I would defer to Ms. Golsky on that. Um, appeals are largely handled by the county Fair attorney's enough. office with the zoning administrator. Ms. Kolsky. Mr. Chairman, I would say that anything after that has happened after the filing of those appeals is irrelevant to um, the, the board's decisions uh, on the appeal as it was filed. Um, I, I mean, my my opinion, I will solicit the board, but my personal opinion um, is that there are clearly admissions or other evidence that could be submitted um, after the filing and before the hearing that would be relevant to this uh, board. But Ms. Malice? Yeah, I would be interested if there's any relevant information that would help us decide this case, I would like to hear it. Uh, the only question would be, you know, that it's submitted in a ma timely manner so that Ms. Golsky can review it prior to the hearing. And, and or respond with enough time for, for a response, right? So we don't, we don't want. I, my impression is that applicants bring materials to the hearing routinely. I mean, that's why we have a hearing is is to get new information. And and we would certainly entertain, you know, relevance of certain materials during the hearing if needed. Mr. Chairman, may I? Uh, yes, please. Uh, so sorry, uh, I, I, I need to clarify because there obviously will be a staff report with respect to these appeals and um, you know, the staff report can only consider the, the records that have been filed at the time the staff report is getting drafted, which will start immediately. Uh, so, um, I, I guess what I'm, I'm just making the, yep, the board aware that, um, you know, that's an important part of the whole process and to, to, you know, I'll just leave it at that. 
Mr. Blakely, um, how much time would you need to submit this additional extra material? Two weeks, I'm told, Your Honor, or Mr. Chairman, I keep doing that, Mr. Chairman. So two weeks from today, by the end of the month, by the by the end of November. Um, Sounds reasonable, Mr. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Bowen. Considering that um, you know Thanksgiving is a holiday next week, does that set you back? Greatly, or I'm sorry, Ms. Golisky, whoever between Mr. Bowen and Ms. Golisky. Sorry, um, that seems like a reasonable proposal, I think, to the board. Does that seem reasonable to you? I'll, I'll let um, Mr. Bowen speak if he if he wants to add, but um, I, I would say, you know, staff is going to have to proceed as staff can. So um, certainly to the extent a comment they can make a comment in their report. Um, they certainly will. And I think we can just see how it goes. Um, I just don't know the details of, of how that's going to work, but we'll, you know, we can communicate with the board right. as far as how that goes. I think that sounds reasonable. Mr. Chairman, is it permissible for me to ask a question of Ms. Golski as to when we can expect to see the staff report? Um, I think that this is not the appropriate time for what's, that. And you, what's you, the normal process? You, for... you can communicate outside of our the, the reason I was asking is ideally I would like the opportunity on behalf of the Myers to submit some sort of response to the county staff report. My, so I think Ms. I'm sorry, I just, you know, having done a number of appeals, there's always new information that comes in. But during your hearing process, if if you wish to refute additional information that someone else has submitted, just like we would let um, Ms. Golsky refute any new information that you brought to the hearing. It's just that if there is an opportunity to my, file a written response. My, under, my understanding is the staff report for appeals are generally released at least one week ahead of time. Is that correct, Mr. Bowen? That is correct. For any agenda, we release the staff reports on the Wednesday prior to the hearing, typically. Um, and admittedly, we have not had an appeal for some time, but um, typically the appeal would go online the same day. And if uh, Mr. Blakely or any of the other parties um, would like to uh, draft a response to that, and that would then be um, provided to this board and uh, posted in the in online the supplemental material. Yeah, supplemental material. Thank you. Yes. Um, if the yeah, after we print the staff reports on um, typically Thursday um, before the hearing, any additional information received after that time would be a supplemental document. Okay. But keeping in mind that conciseness is important. If on the date of the hearing you any party brings us 50 pages of additional supplemental material they wish us to consider, it's likely that uh, we would have difficulty. Oh, I, I understand. I totally understand. And I, I I wouldn't do that to you because I understand the difficulty. You already have to do a lot of work without a lot of staff support, so I appreciate the circumstances you're in. Most I have two final points I just want to address to all parties is um, one is um, in appeals, this board uh, is, is typically required to make findings. If you have proposed findings, please include that in your materials. That's for both, sorry. I'm sorry? For both parties. For both parties, yeah, all, to all, all parties involved, as well as um, I, I assume that there will be some, uh, for lack of a better word, ancillary issues in this case, like for example, standing. Um, and so make sure if any parties raise that, um, that that is identified in your filings so that um, the other party can then respond to those arguments. My last 
um, comment is is that um, this board will plan on addressing those other issues. So if standing is raised by anyone, we will make a decision on standing. But regardless of that decision, we would still plan to reach a decision on the merits uh, just in case this appeal would be appealed to the circuit court. We don't want to have to hear this case a second time. Very good. Is there anything else that that you need is to all I had on my list? Um, if my colleagues have nothing further, so where Ms. did we leave the schedule? I'm sorry. Where where did we leave the schedule? Um, the schedule is I think the schedule is set. I think um, the logistics of changing it is is um, too As challenging, and so the Buck Street appeals. These three appeals are going to happen on January 31st, 2024, and the two other appeals um, from Miss Reed will be on January 24th, 2023. Thank you for moving us to the front of the agenda tonight, Mr. Chairman. I appreciate You're that. welcome. Ms. Thank uh, you. Is there, Ms. Golsky, did you have anything else? No, no, thank you very much. And I appreciate, I echo Mr. Blakely. Thank you for moving this up. You are welcome. Um, Mr. Rosen, please. Mr. Rosen. Uh, hi, good evening. Uh, very briefly, I'm uh, James Rosen, president of the Boston Virginia Square Civic Association. Uh, I'm really just here to reaffirm the interest of the Civic Association in um, um, following up on the appeal that we um, filed on May 13th, 2022. And uh, just to say that uh, we're in agreement with the discussion on the dates and the timing of the appeal. Excellent. Thank you. And um, please work work with the other parties on divvying up the uh, time, you know, the, the time allotted to the parties during the actual hearing. That's it. Thank you. That concludes. That concludes whatever portion of the agenda that was. <laughs> um, I will now continue with my opening remarks so that um, everyone who has been waiting patiently can have their cases heard. The November 15th, 2023 Arlington County Board of Zoning Appeals now continues to be in session. Good evening and welcome. I am Richard Kaplan, Chair of the Board of Zoning Appeals. The board is made up of five citizens appointed by the Circuit Court. In addition to myself, we have Vice Chair Intimalis, Judy Freshman, Portia Clark, and Lindsay Arthurs. Also present is the professional staff, including Blake Bowen, Board of Zoning Appeals Coordinator, Meg Ryan, BZA Associate, Associate Planner, and Brett Goldberg, BZA Associate Planner. We thank you for being here and extend a warm welcome. To avoid disruptions, we ask that you please place your mobile devices in silent mode. Before we begin tonight's hearing, I will discuss this board's power and the procedures for tonight's hearing. The board's powers are prescribed in the Code of Virginia and are set out in further detail in the county's zoning ordinance adopted by the county board. The Board of Zoning Appeals does not have the power to rezone property or to amend the regulations set forth in, in the ordinance. That authority rests solely with the county board. This board does have the authority to do three things. First, the BZA can approve use permits that allow modifications of placement requirements for structures on one and two family lots where there is no option in the zoning ordinance to allow such modifications. In order to approve a use permit, the Arlington zoning ordinance requires that this board find that the proposal will not adversely affect the health or safety of persons residing in the neighborhood, will not be detrimental to the public welfare or injurious to property or improvements in the neighborhood, and will not be in conflict with the purposes of the master plans and land use zoning related policies of the county. In making these findings, the BZA shall consider whether the modification will promote compatibility of the, 
of the development with the surrounding neighborhood because the structure's overall size, footprint, and placement are similar to those of the structures on the property surrounding the lot in question, and whether the modification will help preserve natural landform, historical features, or significant trees and foliage. When approving use permits, the Board of Zoning Appeals may impose conditions that it deems necessary and in the public interest, including but not limited to the duration of the use permit. This board does not have the authority to grant use permits to modify requirements for expanding expanded housing option developments. Second, the BZA can grant variances from the specific requirements of the zoning ordinance. When granting variances, the burden of proof is on the applicant to prove by a preponderance of the evidence that the strict application of the ordinance would unreasonably restrict the utilization of the property and the need for a variance would not be shared generally by other properties and such variance is not contrary to the purposes of the ordinance or that the strict application of the ordinance would unreasonably restrict the utilization of the property or the that the granting of the variance would alleviate a hardship due to a physical condition relating to the property or improvements thereon at the time of the effective date of the ordinance or alleviate a hardship by granting a reasonable modification to a property or improvement thereon requested by a or on behalf of a person with a disability. In all variance cases, the property for which the variance is being requested was acquired in good faith and any hardship was not created by the applicant, that the variance granted will not be of substantial detriment to the adjacent property and nearby properties in the proximity of the geographic area, that the condition or situation of the property concerned is not of so general or reoccurring a nature as to make reasonably practical the adoption of an, am an amendment to the ordinance, that granting the variance will not result in a use that is not otherwise permitted on the property or change the zoning classification of the property, and that the relief or remedy obtained through the variance is not available through a special exception process as provided under the zoning or subdivision ordinance. And third, the BZA can decide appeals of decisions from the zoning administrator. When deciding appeals of the zoning administrator, the board must use its judgment to determine if the administrator was correct. Now on to tonight's hybrid hearing. For those who are participating in person, on the front of the table, you will find a QR code linking to a copy of the application package, including the staff report for each case before us this evening. For those participating virtually, a copy of each application package can be found on the Arlington County BZA website. There is a link in the chat for the application packages. I recommend that if you have not yet seen that report for your case, that you review that report before your case is called. If you are attending virtually and lose connectivity, please reconnect with us by phone. If you are attending via Teams, please keep yourself muted and cameras off until called upon. Turn off the sound on any other devices around you to minimize interference. When called upon to speak, please turn on your camera and unmute yourself by clicking on the microphone icon that is located in the meeting command bar. County staff does not have the ability to unmute you. The, the meeting chat is active for technical support assistance only. The meeting chat should not be used for discussion, public comments, questions about agenda items, or requests for more information. All public comments must be shared verbally or have been previously provided in writing for the record during the assigned public testimony period. This evening, staff will call each case and will provide a brief staff report and recommendation. Next, board members will ask questions of staff they may have. Applicants or their representative will be given an opportunity to make comments to support the application or appeal. Next, all speakers for the items will be called. Speakers must fill out a speakership, a speaker's slip online or is available on the table in the front of the room. 
After we hear from speakers for and against the proposal, the board may permit the applicant a brief opportunity to clarify any points. The board may ask questions of any speakers, but does not permit any cross-examination or direct questioning by others. For tonight's hearing, this board has deemed the following time limits for speakers to be sufficient. 20 minutes for applicants of appeals, five minutes for applicants of use permits and variances. We have deemed three minutes for representatives of organizations and two minutes for individuals as sufficient. After the board has gathered all the information we need and have discussed the case, we will decide the matter by voting on a motion duly made and seconded. A majority is needed to approve any motion. Please be respectful of the time allotted. This is a public forum and tonight's meeting will be recorded and posted on the county's website. All information associated with tonight's meeting, whether spoken or written, is subject to the Freedom of Information Act requirements. Any appeal from this decision of this board must be made to the circuit court in accordance with state law. After your case of interest is heard, you are welcome to stay for the balance of the session or leave at your convenience. Lastly, we have a few items on the consent agenda for tonight. For the public's benefit, the consent agenda is used by this board to quickly decide on agenda items that are complete and non-controversial. An item can be removed from the consent agenda at any time by a board member or will be removed from the consent agenda if a member of the public desires to comment on the case, either for or against. Mr. Bowen, I believe we have three cases, including one deferral on the consent agenda. Yes, um, Mr. Chair, and as a kind of a logistical question based on the three cases, two recommended for approval, one recommended deferral, were you intending to make one motion for all three, maybe to adopt the resolutions as proposed or separate? Move the staff recommendation okay. for the three, yes. Yes, understood, thank you. And in that case, would you like me to read the case numbers as well as the descriptions for each case? Yes, please. Okay, absolutely. Uh, the first case on the group motion for approval and or deferral is case number V-11889-23-UP-1. This is a use permit request by Ram Nabar on behalf of Ann Wittenberg and Gregory Paul Axe, the owners, to permit a left side setback of 7.1 feet to the wall instead of 8 feet as required, to permit a left side setback of 3.6 feet to the stairs and deck instead of 5 feet as required, regarding the removal and reconstruction of stairs and deck to the existing one-family dwelling in the R6 zoning district on the premises known as 1309 North Quintana Street within the Madison Manor Civic Association. This case was recommended for approval by zoning division staff. The second case is case number V-11894-23-UP-1. This is a use permit request by Expedite Plus Incorporated on behalf of Khalid Agnigdi and Nabarn Asaf, the owners, to remit a right side setback of 5.5 feet to the carport, 5 feet to the carport eave instead of 10 feet to the carport, 6 feet to the carport eave as required, and to permit an aggregate side yard width of 13.4 feet instead of 18 feet as required regarding a carport addition to an existing one-family dwelling in the R6 zoning district on the premises known as 4635 24th Street North within the Old Dominion Civic Association. The staff report and recommendation from zoning division staff was to defer this particular request to the December 13th, 2023 BZA hearing. The last case being considered for inclusion in the group motion is case number V-11896-23-UP-1. This is a use permit request by Margaret Page, the owner, to remit a right side setback of 6.1 feet to the porch base instead of 8 feet to the porch base as required regarding a structural alter replace, excuse me, regarding a structural alteration, replacement of existing columns, rails, flooring, floor joists, and piers 
to an existing front porch to an existing one family dwelling in the R6 zoning district on the premises known as 125 North Fillmore Street within the Lion Park Civic Association. The zoning division staff recommendation for this request is approval. Thank you, Mr. Bowen. Um, are there any speakers in the room or virtually who would like to be heard on any of these three items? Um, hearing none, do I have any motions? Mr. Chairman. Ms. Malice. I move the staff recommendation on the cons three consent items listed. Is there a second? Second. Ms. Freshman, seconded by Ms. Freshman. Motion made by Ms. Malice and seconded by Ms. Freshman. Is there any further discussion amongst the board? Hearing none, I will call the roll. Ms. Malice. Aye. Ms. Freshman. Aye. Ms. Clark. Ms. Arthurs. Aye. Uh, chair votes aye. Motion uh, to pass the three staff recommendations passes five to zero. Thank you if anyone is here for those. Um, again, I just want to thank you for everyone's patience for our uh, administrative matter at the beginning of this hearing, um, but we are now ready to call the first item on our standard agenda. Mr. Bowen, can you call? Um, I guess item number one is a withdrawal. So yes, I will read the withdrawal request. Okay. Um, it's still, it's yeah, it is the first time on the agenda, but it's not really the first full request we'll be hearing tonight. Um, so that is case number V-11871-23-UP-1. This is a use permit request by Steve Inch on behalf of Kelly Valance and Steven Strobach, the owners, to remain a left side setback of 7.4 feet to the wall instead of 8 feet as required, and a total aggregate side guard width of 18.7 feet instead of 21 feet as required regarding a two-story left side addition over an encroaching garage, a two-story front addition, a new stoop, and the expansion of a second story in the R8 zoning district on the premises known as 2241 North Vermont Street within the Donaldson Run Civic Association. This application has been withdrawn by the applicant and no further action is required by the BZA. Thank you, Mr. Bowen. Can we move right on to the second case? Yes, the second case on the agenda and the first case that um, is, I would say, a standard case is case number V-11887-23-UP-1. This is a use permit request by Charles Moore of Moore Architects PC on behalf of Howard Rinman, the owner, to permit a left side setback of 5.8 feet to the addition wall instead of 10 feet to the wall is required to permit a left side setback of 5 feet to the new second story addition eaves instead of six feet to the eaves as required, to permit a right side setback of 9.2 feet to the addition wall instead of 10 feet to the wall as required, to permit a right side setback of 4.1 feet to the new window well instead of six feet to the window wall as required, to permit a total aggregate side yard width of 15 feet instead of 18 feet as required, and to permit a street setback of 19.4 feet to the front porch, 18.5 feet to the porch eave instead of 21 feet to the porch, 19.5 feet to the porch eave as required from 9th Street North regarding a new second story addition on an existing house with a new window well and two rear additions to an existing one family dwelling in the R5 zoning district on the premises known as 3125 9th Street North within the Lion Park Civic Association. Staff recommends that the board adopt the attached proposed resolution granting the use permit request with conditions and we have not received any supplemental material for this case nor have we received any speakers. Thanks. Thank you Mr. Owen. Hmm. Do my colleagues have any questions on this application for staff? Oh, Mr. Chairman. Ms. Malice. Um, I'm looking at the plat and it indicates that the property abuts an alley. Do you, do, what is the ownership of the alley? And part of the reason I ask that plat also shows that the alley is being used as a gravel driveway. Um, 
Miss Malice, in terms of the ownership of the alley, I'll be happy to look into that. If there's a parcel, we can identify the ownership. If there's not a parcel for the alley, it is likely a public um, you know, easement controlled by the county, but I'll take a look at that. Um, and then I do believe, yes, that the alley provides access to the parking space for the property and the proposed conditions. Well, it's not access. It is, it's, it's shown as a gravel driveway. That's what the surveyor called it. That's what the surveyor called it. Doesn't necessarily mean that's what it is, though. What could it be? Then? I mean, surveyors can call it whatever they want. It could be a public alley, and he just right. It's, it's just like they're showing both. Right. Part of it is they're showing as a gravel driveway, and part of it they're showing as an alley. I'll look it up on the GIS while we're talking. So, I just wondered: are setbacks off an alley different than they are off of a adjoining property? If the alley is dedicated as a street, and I can definitely look that up as well, then it would be treated subject to street setback requirements. Um, if the alley is not considered a street um, and there's not an easement for street purposes over it, it would be treated as a side lot line. Okay, and that's something you can look up? I, I can partially look that up, and I believe Ms. Arthur is right. partially looking it up as well, so thank you. Great. I guess we that might take a minute. We can yeah, I was going to, um, while, while several people are looking that up, I wanted to make an inquiry of the applicant or their representative briefly. Oh, they, they can speak. I'm the uh, representative of the applicant. We have the applicant also online um, from uh, Thailand. Yeah, so I think I just had a question on your disclosure statement. Sure. The, um, the application says that the parcel is owned by More Architects PC. It is not. That was incorrect. We had made that correction um, some time ago. It's owned by Howard Renman, who's with us. I'm the architect for the project. So I guess then my next question for staff is, you know, what are the implications of having an incorrect disclosure statement that's been um, posted online for this applicant? And what was the question specifically? Um, is d Does that prevent this board from acting or is that a decision for this the board? The disclosure error, uh, there's a disclosure statement error evidently i would say that that's probably at the discretion of the board because you can always predicate an approval on the submission of a revised disclosure statement if you're inclined to make an approval but it has i guess my i, I don't know i haven't decided for myself but my concern is is that this application has been posted online for now a week or two and so you know the purpose of the disclosure statement is to be disclosure so, the disclosure so i would throw that out to my the disclosure audience. statement that's online does not say that the architects own the property so what is the owner's address? Let's Sorry? The owner's address. That's the address. The owner's address is the address of the property. Yeah. But the owner lives uh, in Thailand, so we have our address as the care of. I have a copy of the disclosure statement, and it clearly has the name of the owner as the Howard A. Renman Trust with the parcel address. But the address, uh, yeah. so that we need so the things can be mailed they they could come to they're us. taking their that because he's overseas that's the address that they're using for the trust right now right okay it's just we need the owner's address on here and and that that's what the, the owner's using address, in their address yeah it, the owner's address is the is the address of the parcel but okay. the, because that's, they don't live in the house at the moment they live in in thailand and the owner is with us from thailand oh what time is it in thailand it's uh, Howard. Is it seven? Is it eight? Um, seven thirty-six in, in the morning. It's, uh, seven thirty uh, here, uh, Thursday morning. So, so to my colleagues, I guess, are is that 
uh, I, I don't know if I'm concerned with that or not because of the you know the the, the wording on the nature of all interests and more architects at the address listed don't have an interest in this property. Exactly. It's with all due respect, I think that it's very clear that that's where they're using as their address for notice, and I think that it's, it's not pretty a, clear that they're the owner of the property. I think this is silly, personally. It's not a it's not a notice like how do you contact them. It's just it is a it's the disclosure statement. That's they're disclosing where the address is that they're using for mail. No, the we need the well. Okay. To to go through all of this for an address just seems completely blown up. Uh, as a side note, it seems that that alley is publicly maintained. So we have a situation here. Publicly maintained does not necessarily denote there's an easement for street purposes. It just means that the uh, you know it's not necessarily a private alley. So do we know if there's an easement? I'm still looking that up. I will be with you in a moment. You'd have to go. Oh yeah, you'd have probably have to go to land records for it. There's no public. There's no private ownership, so there wouldn't be an easement granted because it would be the county property. So they they wouldn't grant the public would grant an easement to the county, and that didn't happen. So right. Or that's not shown anyway if they're maintaining it. In, in the meantime, would you like to speak to your application? Sure, I would. Um, uh, I'm first uh, Charles Moore of Moore Architects, and we are the architects for our client, Howard Renman. And Howard, as the owner, would like to make a statement. So I, I would invite Howard if it's uh, excellent. Okay, Howard, please. Hello from Thailand. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to speak to you from 12 time zones away about the renovation and modernization of our Ninth Street home back in Arlington. My wife and I have spent time overseas periodically as I've worked for the U.S. State Department as an employee, a consultant, and a retiree. But my wife and I have continuously been, in, been Arlington residents, voters, and taxpayers for more than 20 years. 3125 9th Street North is a one-story, two-bedroom, one-bath house built 95 years ago in 1938. I've owned 3125 9th Street for 17 years, and it's been our principal residence our home, and our home since 2012, when I retired from the U.S. State Department 11 years ago. <clears throat> we look forward to renovating and modernizing our small house <clears throat> so that we can continue to, it will continue to meet our needs. While our property is zoned R5 and is non-conforming in lot size, our renovated home is designed to be modest and fit in our neighborhood. The addition to the rear of the house will be narrower than the current house and as such will not exacerbate the current setbacks. And the second floor addition will match the existing first floor footprint. We expect to live in 3125 9th Street North for the rest of our lives, but since the house is 95 years old, we need to proceed with the plans before you in order to make that home continue to meet our needs. We hope that you will approve our plan so that we can make our dream retirement home a reality. I would just add that we understand that the alley is, a, is an Arlington County alley that continues from 9th Street to 9th Road, cutting through the neighborhood from, from uh, street to street. Uh, it, is not a, it is not a driveway. Uh, thank you for your time. Thank you, Mr. Renman. Are there any questions of this applicant 
from the board. Ms. Malice. Um, Mr. Renman, so the alley is not used for parking? The, the alley is used for access to the garage in the backyard. So we have, we will have a parking space in back and we'll have a parking space in front and there's also street parking, but we've been able to satisfy the off street parking requirements. So where's the parking? Tell me again, it's uh, in back. Uh, there's a garage there today that we're going to remove. There'll be parking uh, behind the house and there'll be parking in front on the right side. The plat doesn't show that, is that, is that correct? Um, we need, um, um, I believe we had added that um, as a question. Um, in the two places that I'm suggesting, we had added that to the packet uh, during the review process. So one parking space in, in uh, front and one parking space in the rear. So there's a revised plat. Do you need the two parking? Yeah, okay. And does that does that affect our lot coverage figures? Is that is that calculated in the lot coverage or does this change <laughs> lot coverage? I guess that's a question for staff. Sorry, could you repeat that question? I was looking um, at the street uh, does, network. Does uh, sorry, does your um, does does your lot coverage calculations on, in the staff report include the any coverage which would or wouldn't be required for the two parking spots that we're talking about? In other words, do you have a revised plat that we don't have? The um, plan that is in the packet has two in the back of the house, so likely assuming they would be about. The same distance, maybe that was used the same calculation. I have no idea. That's why I'm checking. I don't know how long a driver. That's why I'm checking with staff. And if, if those if those changes, then that's going to affect the calculations. So, yeah, we did we did send that in um, when that was a question during the early portion of the review. Miss Arthur, so Wait. are you looking at a document that shows that where the pads are? Yes, it is. The the final revision to that drawing shows two in back. Yeah, that's the one that I'm looking at. Yeah, it's at the very it's the last page of the plans just before you get to the statement of support. We normally get a lot calculation worksheet, but I'm not seeing that. Uh, the, the coverage worksheets are optional. They're not required. We do perform our own zoning uh, calculations. Okay. Um, I believe this plat that is be, or not plat, this drawing that's being referenced um, showing the parking was requested by zoning division staff to verify that parking requirements were met and were included in the parking calculations. Thank you. Hmm. But are they included in the I mean, I'm looking at this and now the the whole backyard looks covered by a pad. Is is that has this been taken into account for the coverage? I would be happy to quickly estimate the coverage to the extent possible while we're here just to verify for if that makes the board more comfortable. Um, and I will say that while we were talking, um, I was checking several definitions or several factors of what constitutes a street. Um, a street needs to be at least 30, 30 feet wide. Um, and if it's less than 30 feet wide, it is not subject to street setback requirements. Um, the alley appears to be about 12 feet wide, so it would okay. not be subject to street setback requirements. Thank you. 
I just, Mr. Bone, I just want to make sure that this applicant, when they do their wall checks and their final survey, then isn't back before us with a variance issue that we might not yeah. be able to grant. Yes, I'm happy to take <laughs> a few seconds of calculations to prevent Great. heartache for everybody. Just trying to create, prevent trouble in the future for you. Should those pads be shown on the flat? That's the other question. And not on the, um, not just on the drawings. Hmm. We would definitely want to see usually, you know, features on a plat if there were setback issues for a parking space, there's not setback issues. So as long as we know the size and we can include those in our, our own coverage calculations, I don't think it needs to be included on the plat. Okay. Okay. So the only remaining question is coverage. Yes, and if you give me about a, maybe five minutes, I will be happy to report on that. So if there's any other questions in the interim, uh, that would be a good time. Are there any other, before I let the applicant go, are there any other, um, are there any other questions for the applicant? Thank you, sir. Um, we could do Mr. Bowen, do you need some time? Is that going to take a Yeah, probably bit? about five, ten minutes. Okay, so why don't? And I can call the next case, and then we can hear from the applicant for that case. Yeah, why don't, so why don't we... Uh, Table this and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you. Mr. Bowen, can you call um, item number three on the agenda while we? Uh... Yes, the next item on the agenda is case number V 11888 23 VA 1, a variance request by Theodora Stringham on behalf of Carbright Enterprises LLC, the owners, to remit a new one family detached dwelling on a non conforming lot that does not meet the minimum lot area or lot width requirements for the RA 1426 zoning district to permit a total lot coverage of 48.2% instead of 40% as required, to permit a height of 36.5 feet instead of 35 feet as required, to permit a street setback of 9.7 feet to the wall, 8.1 feet to the eaves instead of 25 feet to the wall, 21 feet to the eaves as required from 8th Road South, to permit a right side setback of 3.1 feet to the wall, balcony and a window well, 2.1 feet to the eaves instead of 10 feet to the wall, 6 feet to the balcony, uh, window well ease is required to permit a right side setback of 3.9 feet to the chimney instead of 8.5 feet to the chimney as required to permit a left side setback of 5.3 feet to the wall, 5 feet to the eaves, 2.9 feet to the stormwater planters, and 1.6 feet to the areaway instead of 10 feet to the wall, 6 feet to the eaves, stormwater planters, and areaway as required to permit a left side setback of 2.5 feet to the screened AC unit instead of 5 feet as required to permit an aggregate side yard width of 8.4 feet instead of 18 feet as required and to permit a fence height of six feet instead of four feet as required within the street setback from 8th Road South regarding a new one-family detached dwelling in the RA1426 district on the premises known as 5389 8th Road South within the Arlington Mill Civic Association. Staff recommends that the board adopt the attached proposed resolution denying the variance request. An alternative resolution has been provided should the BZA see fit to approve the variance request as advertised. Um, we do have quite a bit of supplemental material for this case that has been submitted. I will give a quick summary of each of those documents. Um, Exhibit A is an overview of the request of support efforts and a GIS map of proposed uh, contacted personnel. Um, Exhibit B is letters of support. Um, we have a letter of support from Mohammed and Bilkis uh, Huke, who's a neighbor. We have a letter from Lebanese um, Wu Trust. Um, which is also a neighbor, and we also have a letter from Sharif uh, Shafiq, who is a neighbor as well. And then we also have a letter of opposition from William Benson, who is the Columbia Gardens Homeowners Association. And then we have, um, in addition to that, we have a staff report and meeting minutes which zoning division staff have provided to provide clarity um, regarding a previous BZA variance um, for this property that was not included in the staff report. Um, we also have additional speakers who have signed up to speak on this request. 
Um, we have Salvatore uh, Binvigal, we have Ken Trotter, we have Andrew Pitts, and we have William Bill Benston. Um, and I will also note that we received one additional letter um, of opposition from a neighbor that came in this afternoon after all the application packets have been assembled and printed. And we have that. And is that in our packet? That is not. Um, no. We do have it available if we could, we could potentially pull it on screen if need be. Okay. Um, perhaps that applicant is here as well with hard copies. I'm not sure. We can. Or that neighbor is here, I should say. Um, are there any questions of staff from my colleagues? Mr. Chairman. Ms. Malice. I know we've got task Mr. Bowen <laughs> other things. Yeah, it might not have made too much sense to uh, have tabled that last one, given um, we're probably going to monopolize Mr. Bowen now. Is, happy to take a stab at a few questions and then get back to work. <laughs> is it um, enforceable, possible for this board to create a condition that this site would be used for refugees in perpetuity? I would say that would be difficult to enforce um, how, you know, in terms of how you would define a refugee. Um, I would say additionally, it would be tricky to enforce, you know, for zoning division staff, you know, to monitor that, you know, in perpetuity. Um, and I would also say that that could be a use question, um, which the board would be, you know, I'm not sure how a refugee housing would be classified by the zoning administrator as a use type, and it could constitute a change in use. So if that's the case, the the purported use for this property would not be relevant to our decision? Say that question one more. I would like to consider it again. If, if we cannot condition that this site would be used for a particular use in perpetuity, in other words, this site could be used by you know, a single family, an mm. individual, um, as well as any refugee or any other group. That means that, that that use is really not relevant to our decision because it's something that we can't control. Yes, I would say that a condition stipulating a particular type of tenant lives in this house would be a use distinction. Sorry, I believe my microphone's working again. Would be a use distinction that would be out of scope of the so, BCA. So discussion about use is not really relevant to our, deci our yeah, decision. Yeah, for the purposes of the zoning division, this is treated as a, a single family house for a family or a group that meets the definition of a family. Okay. Wouldn't that also go up against fair housing laws that we can't, we have nothing to do with? Yeah. yeah, I just, I, I, I yeah, I'm yeah. thinking that that's something that you know the use is something that we can't take into yeah. co in account because we can't control it. Absolutely. Um, I think that's my only question, Mr. Bowen. Mm -hmm. um, I have what is probably a very clear answer that you'll be able to give me, but um, when we deal with variances for the R27 line of cases, they often come to us in a variance and a use permit. Is there any reason why this case is not a variance and a use permit or or why the R27 cases are not just a variance? Yeah, um, R27 district is considered a residential R district, single family district, and those it is stipulated as a zoning district where the BZA is empowered to approve use permits for setback modifications. The RA1426 district is not denoted as one of those districts, so every even setback relief would have to be approved via a variance. That makes a lot more sense. Thank mm -hmm. you. No problem. Um, I have tons of more questions, but um, I, I don't Go know that it. I want them now. Yeah, I'll come back. Okay. Um, 
let's hear from the applicant. Okay. You um don't have your name in front of me. Oh yes. Good evening. Hi, I'm Theodora Stringham. Ms. Stringham? Um, yes. Good and evening. I assume we have a form for Ms. Stringham, Mr. Bowen. Uh, yeah, Ms. Stringham is the applicant in this case oh, on behalf. I'm of sorry. The I'm the owners. agent for the applicant, Carbide Enterprises Thank LLC. You. Good evening. Welcome. Are you are you a, are you an employee of? I am not. I'm I'm with the law firm of Offit Kerman. Okay. I'm an attorney, and my I am therefore in this case agent for the applicant. My confusion, right? Oh. Thank you. I, I, Happy to we're good. Thank you. May I proceed? Please, please do. Yes. Thank you. Good evening, members of the board and staff. Again, my name is Theodora Stringham. I'm with the law firm of Offit Kerman. I am agent for the applicant, who is Carbright Enterprises LLC. Seated today is Mr. Joseph Sherdill, president of Carbite Enterprises, and behind me, Mr. Salvatore Benvenga, who is uh, lead architect on this project. He's with CI Design Incorporated. Honorable board, the applicant res respectfully requests that the variance as advertised for the addition of a single family dwelling on the currently vacant lot located at 5389 H Street South be grant, excuse me, Road South be granted. As a legal matter, the request for variance meets the statutory requirements for a variance as defined in Virginia Code Sections 15.22201 and 15.22209. Um, the strict application of the terms of the ordinance would unreasonably restrict the utilization of this property. Without a variance, the instant lot would not be usable for any other use consistent with this zone. More specifically, the subject property is characterized by inherent traits that render it unbuildable without a variance. For example, it's wedge-shaped and 22 feet wide, excuse me, 22 feet wide, and with a total lot area or size of 1,867 square feet. Moreover, the granting of the variance would alleviate a hardship relating to the property which existed prior to the effective date of the ordinance. As reference, it is smaller and more irregularly shaped than other properties in this RA1426 zone. This physical condition existed prior to the date of the ordinance, more specifically 1948 when this subdivision was created. I direct your attention to the survey found on PDF page 21 of the staff report package for this agenda item. Relief from the zoning ordinance is necessary given the irregular shape and size of this lot. In particular, uh, particular relief for the total lot coverage necessary given the inherent size and shape. Relief for the setbacks is necessary given the triangular, triangular and small nature of this lot. Relief for the aggregate side yard is necessary given the shape of the lot. Overall building height and fence height uh, considerations in terms of relief are also, applic also applicable in order to facilitate the addition of a single family home, which is a productive use in this zone. Simply put, the application of the zoning ordinance in this case creates a hardship or would create a hardship. In addition, pursuance of 15.22309 section two, the property was acquired in good faith by the applicant in 2017. The hardship was not created by the applicant as it was purchased in its existing condition. As mentioned a few moments ago, the inherent characteristic of the site preclude residential use without a variance. I direct your attention to pages 22 to 28 of the staff report, that's PDF pages. The design of the proposed single family dwelling is sleek and aligns with the modern townhomes, over 40 of them, which are being developed to the east of this site. These plans, which you see in the staff report, were de developed starting over seven months ago and modified based on feedback directly from BZA staff and other departments, including Zoning and Inspection Ser Services Division, who raise the issue, for example, about needing to have a sprinkler system and other items. 
In addition, this proposal is not of so general or recurring a nature as to make a reasonably practical the formulation of a general, general regulation to be adopted as an amendment to the ordinance. This triangle slash wedge shape and the exact dimension of this site are not general or recurring. The granting of the variance will not be a substantial de detriment to adjacent property and nearby properties in the proximity of this geographic area. As stated, the addition of a single family dwelling will overall contribute positively to the Arlington Mill neighborhood. It will allow for a productive use, which is wholly consistent with the greater neighborhood. Further, this use is not, not otherwise permitted as stated and not permitted through a special exception. Members of the BZA, the applicant's proposed use of the property to a single family home is wholly consistent with the resident, residential nature of the zone. In addition, it would add to the local tax base by significantly increasing the amount of real estate taxes paid to the county. The applicant is aware that the BZA values community feedback and as a result, reached out to approximately 30 neighboring property owners and requested their support. The supplemental materials provide an overview of these efforts. The GIS overview, overview and chart, uh, PD at page seven of the supplemental material shows the neighbors that were contacted as Mr. Bowen referenced, we received three letters of support from nearby neighbors. The supplemental materials also reflect select objections dating back to a prior application in 2011, as well as present day. I would note for the BZA that much has changed since 2011, including the green space reference and the overall community, particularly considering the townhome community development, the difference associated with this application, as well as the necessity of a variance to this very unique case. Respectfully, therefore, Board of Zoning Appeals, we request that the instant variance uh, is granted as advertised. We thank you for your consideration and look forward to reviewing any questions or comments you might have. Thank you. Thank you. Um, do my colleagues have any questions for the applicant? Um, I, we may have a lot of questions, but could I make a clarification? Please. Um, BZA staff did not direct the design of this property because BZA has no staff. You were referring to, I think, zoning staff, which is not part of our group. Yes, Ms. Malice, my apologies. I didn't mean to um, give staff that wasn't yours. Um, that's my fault. I was referring to conversations that Mr. Bowen facilitated with Ms. Ryan and Mr. Goldberg. Um, there was a, a several other um, very helpful individuals that we spoke to and just wanted to demonstrate that the applicant has been flexible in, in listening to the suggestions of staff. Um, and I leave it to you in terms of their identification. I didn't mean to, to say that wrong. Questions? Do you want to hear speakers first or do you want to? Oh, I, uh, how do you want to do this? I have a question. Ms. Arthurs. I think I think I'm sorry, Ms. Ballas, I think that we should um, the applicant is here and we should get our questions answered and that might be uh, helpful to the speakers. And then if we have more questions after the speakers, we can bring people back. That's my feeling. Ms. Arthurs. I am very confused by the supplemental material. Is it uh, the applicant supplemental material? I don't know whose it is and I think that's the problem. <laughs> There's an objection from the Columbia Gardens Homeowners Association and then there's a plot attached. Or, uh, GIS, maybe it's a plot. And then there's adjacent property owners objection and they're talking about a 2011 BZA hearing. And then there's information past that. Is that, I saw that. related to the 2011 hearing or is that for this? Maybe staff, staff, I think, added the 
I'm, I'm just confused. Yeah, there's um, there's a staff report and meeting minutes um, with red text at the top. Um, hopefully that printed in color um, with two notes. Um, those documents were provided by zoning division staff after um, interacting with one of the neighbors who pointed out that there had been a previous variance for the property that was submitted under a different address. So it didn't come up when we queried the property initially. But we've confirmed that. That is this property? Yes, uh, same RPC number, same square footage. Thank you. And could I just ask you, what is the relevance of of that, you know, just summarizing for us. My understanding is, is that um, previous variances um, can, uh, shouldn't be used uh, under Virginia law's comps for current variances because variances are one-off, not based on other variances. From from my purposes, the reason we included it is because um, when I drafted the staff report, I did not include that case. And then having seen that there was a case, I brought it to your attention what was requested oh, that you, and that what you the didn't reference approved. it up front. Yeah, thank you. That there was that previous action on that site. Okay. Okay. Thank you. We thank you. Good for question. The clarification. You're right. I'm so Good question. I, I actually I had the same question, but I didn't write it down because it was supplemental material. Um, do we have other questions of this applicant um, before we relinquish the first opportunity for questions? Questions, I I guess. Or do we want to hear from? I I, I have things that I'm going to want to say, but I don't how you however you want to proceed. <laughs> okay, I sense that we should hear from our speakers, and then we could do our questioning. So we will come back. Is that please, correct? yeah. We will, if 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 we have questions, which I assume we will, we will call you back up. Thank you, Chairman. Thank, Thank you. Um, is our for, um our first speaker, Mr. and I apologize, Ben Benga. Mr. Ben Benga is the lead architect, and I, he okay. provided a speaker slip given the, his uh, intimate knowledge of the design. Um, shall we sit in the gallery? Or we sit? Yes, um, you can sit anywhere. Okay, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, then moving on to Mr. Trotter. Mr. Trotter, can you please um, tell us where you live or your relationship to this? I own the property at 5314 8th Road South, number six, Arlington, Virginia, 22204. Hold on, it's I'm sorry, one second. 53, we're all looking at a map, so. It's directly across 8th Road. There's a some garden style apartments. 50, are, okay, so 53, and then what were the last two numbers? 5314 8th Road 5314. Yes. So it's across the street. I think that those are multi units. I, I, own one, I own one of the units across the street. Okay. 5314. Thank you. Please proceed. Okay, before I start my two minutes, can I clarify something regarding the supplemental materials that were submitted because I'm the one that submitted them? Please. The it's it's the packet from it's the one that's titled adjacent property owners objection to the granting of a zoning variance. Yeah. It is from 2011. I have resubmitted that. I wasn't given really proper notice of this hearing. I didn't even know any of this until about Thursday of last week, and I didn't even get to get the, get any of the materials from the from what was planned until that time. So to be able to do a comprehensive response was not sufficient. But given the fact that the last application for a variance was from an entity that was trying to build a single family home, and this is also a variance seeking to establish a single family home on the same tiny parcel many of the reasons that were adopted in that are still relevant. And so I've resubmitted that for consideration. I could have updated it if more time had been permitted. So can you just, what is it titled? Adjacent property owners objection to the granting of a zoning variance. Okay, I see it. 
and it does include on a footnote there both my name and my property address as well as the name of a, a person who joins me on this response Asad Adamati. I note that he was one of the persons that did receive an outreach package from the applicant that package was not received until Thursday or Friday of last week so he was sufficient also likewise not given proper notice to really prepare a full response especially for something that's apparently been in the works for months um, but I do have a statement that I can read and submit um, but I hope that would clarify why this material yep. in, found its way into the supplemental material. Thank you. M Mr. Bowen, um, I'm assuming that um, the staff would not automatically post, uh, I'm sorry, not, would not automatically send the mailing notice for this um, to all of those units across the street? We did send over 100 mail notices oh, okay. for this particular request. I got mine and I received it last, last week. And I immediately that same day emailed Mr. Bowen because he was the contact provided seeking more information. And then a couple of days later, he was actually able to give me a link to that. I think that was around Thursday of last week. Mr. Bowen, does that, that sound right that it would not have been received until last Thursday? Uh, in terms of mailed outreach or mailed outreach? It's certainly possible. You know, once we mail the letters, we don't we lose control of their delivery. Of course, that's done by the Postal Service, um, but it's certainly possible. Were there placards posted on the street? Yes. When were those posted? Um, I can look into that. Um, Miss Ryan posted them for the site. Be great. There is a lot. November first. Okay. Thanks, Meg. So You're I, I just wanted to clarify that that's not necessarily the applicant's um, uh, responsibility to for the mailing and the placards that go out. Um, although the the applicant is responsible for neighborhood outreach. So right, I just to right, clarify right, that right. point. Right, and I'm just saying to the extent there was also an outreach by the applicant, even that which was Understood. received by one of the people in there was received late last week. Thank okay. you. So right. could you, I, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm having trouble hearing you. Maybe the, the whole dais can go up. It's, you see the button to the right, way to the right, way, no, to the right of the dais. There's a button, uh, there's a button on the podium. The whole thing goes up. There you go. Okay, so, is this better? Much yes. better. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm happy to repeat any of the above. <laughs> I think I caught everything except the last part. You said the applicant so contacted you I know you that with? one of the materials that submitted was a neighborhood outreach by the applicant to approximately 100 adjacent property owners. I wasn't one of them, even though I do own a unit across the street. I didn't receive the material, but one of the people that's included on the, uh, the material that I sent to you, the owner of 5320 8th Road South, Unit number nine, Asad Adamati, received a package from them. I believe it was by FedEx, but that also wasn't received until late last week. So the point is, is we're resubmitting what we submitted in 2011. It's a similar concept, single family house on the same small parcel. Many of our same objections apply here. We did not have sufficient time to update all of this material. Understood. I'm, I have a statement I can Please, read. Go ahead. And I also, if it's helpful, I can afterwards submit this. I have an extra copy so we can add this in. Um, and I'll be happy to answer any questions too later. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> representing a group of adjacent property, property owners, I appeared before this board in 2011 opposing a similar proposal for the construction of a single family house on this very same parcel. The board then denied the variance. Today, on behalf of this, I urge the board again to deny this variance for this small parcel of land. Due to insufficient notice, we did not have time to prepare updated materials for the current variance. We have therefore resubmitted our original objections. This request, although from a different applicant, proposes a similar structure and raises similar concerns. 
We again believe the proposed structure would detrimentally impact the neighborhood, disrupt its cohesive zoning fabric, and significantly reduce our privacy and tranquility. I would remind the board of the BZA staff's previous observation. At that time, the report said, the lot is too small to support even a typical garden shed. That is a direct quote from the prior BZA's report on this matter. And at the 2011 hearing at which I was personally present, a commissioner also noted that if a variance were approved for this lot, it would be hard to imagine any other existing parcel in the county that could not arguably also support a similar single family home. For these reasons, and as further detailed in our written submission, we request that this variance be denied. Thank you. Do my colleagues have any questions for this speaker? Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Pitts, the Arlington Heights condo unit owners. Is um, Mr. Mr. Pitts, can you tell me where you, the condo units that you represent are? Immediately across the street in the 5200 block and the 5300 block. So the same, the same right across area. the street. Awesome, thank you. So the prior speaker was part of the condo. He lives in. Okay. Yes, his property is in the same community. Ken and I are actually quite good. Did you submit any materials? I did not submit any materials. Because I would have brought them up. Thank you. No, I just wanted to kind of piggyback on what Ken had to say, because as soon as he got notice, he called me. I had gotten personally the county's notice on, I believe, Monday or Tuesday of last week. We had our monthly board meeting on Thursday, and a number of residents came forward with concerns about this. Um, we have many long-term residents. People have lived in the community for decades. I think our, our oldest resident has been there since 1963. Um, and they're very concerned about it. This matter came up before and the community was very much against it. And I think they're very much against it now. And that's really what you know, the only piece that I really am contributing that's original beyond what the points that Ken has made, because I don't want to kind of go over the same territory. Um, if you actually saw the lot, it is minuscule. People are, you know, the, the, the people that, that were coming to me in the meeting are saying, how can they possibly put a house on that lot? And even if you, you know, the, the recommendations that the, the, the staff made in their report as to changing the setbacks and things like that, even if you did that, you're still shoehorning this thing in there. Um, it's it's not proportionate to the lot. And I, I, I get that it's a hardship in the sense that they have a piece of property that doesn't have a good use for it, but they bought it in 2017, knowing that it had been turned down before. So who's created the hardship? So that that's kind of the way you know I view it. I'm not an attorney. We didn't have the opportunity to get our attorneys involved to pre prepare a more formal response. Um, but it, it, I, I can tell you that the people that live in our community, by and large, the ones that have been aware of it and have come forward, they're all uniformly against it. So really, I have to say, unless you all have some questions. Thank you. Um, do we have any questions for this speaker? Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Mr. Benstein, Mr. Benstein. Online. I think I saw his name earlier on the uh, online list. Benstein? Yes. 
Is he present? He, Mr. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Bowen, is there a speaker slip for? Yes, uh, Mr. Benson was planning to speak this evening. I do not see him currently in the list of speakers. We have or, a bill on the meeting list right now. Um, he would need to unmute his microphone now. Oh. I don't know if that's I thought I saw him on there. Yeah, we have Bill Guest. I do see a bill listed as a guest. But there's no William. Uh, Mr. Benson, if you can hear us and you're using a computer, you may be able to unmute yourself by pushing the space bar. There we go. There we go. Okay. Are, are you uh, the speaker that we're looking for? Yes, I am. Excellent. I am, I am William Bill Benson. Excuse me, Benston. I represent the uh, Columbia Gardens Homeowners Association. We are the, um, or my company is the developer of the 40 townhome lots to the immediate east of the subject applicant. And um, I'm speaking in their behalf that the homeowners or the potential homeowners that are buying from um, the builder on our property. Um, they are entitled to expect consistency in, in the zoning um, administration. And the egregious variances being requested, upwards of 60, 70% deviation on setbacks, um, not the least of which is the front yard setback, which just pulls it totally out of line with everything that we, we have uh, meticulously designed and um, developed under the uh, ordinances it's um it's just inappropriate um the i i guess really that's it it's the it's the far-reaching nature of the variances that are um uh, as i said 60 percent so or more so that's uh, really all i have to say that i'm just looking for equal um procedure for all the uh, homeowners in that area Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, any questions? No. Um, co colleagues, do you want to discuss or do you want to ask questions of anyone? I, you know, I, I feel like, you know, we can ask questions or we can kind of say where we at, where we're at, you know. Um, That's <laughs> hence my. <laughs> <laughs> so we can ask questions, uh, but. You know, the applicant argues that they're entitled to build on the site. You know, that may be persuasive, but they're not entitled to build anything that they want on the site. Uh, this is a four-bedroom, four-bath house. Uh, five stories. Five stories with a roof deck that um, probably wouldn't fit on my, you know, you know, wouldn't be approvable on you know, a, a regular lot in Arlington. Um, one of the speakers mentioned that, um, you know, if, if this is acceptable here, then this would be acceptable anywhere on any lot. And I think that's a, a fair observation. So we we can nitpick the 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 different details and. But overall, I, I do think this is out of line with, with what this site can handle. Thank you, Ms. Mellis. Does any, any other colleagues have questions, comments? I agree too. It's overburdening. Um, I tend to agree with Ms. Mellis's um, comments. Um, I do like to link back to 
our standards for uh, variance. Um, I'm having trouble um, understanding the hardship here. I, I mean, the argument that I believe the applicant has made here for hardship is that, yeah, the zoning ordinance is a hardship, but that's that's true. The zoning ordinance is a hardship no matter where or what lot it is applied to. And here the, the applicant is asking for variances for things that we wouldn't grant on a regular size lot, like um, height um, or coverage. Um, and, you know, there might be an argument to be made um, for the granting of a variance on this property, but not to go above and beyond, especially with the height, um, which is the one that really drew my attention. Um, I am also, you know, we, we heard from three um, neighbors. I'm also not convinced that building um, to this extent on this lot is, um, as the language says, um, detrimental to the to the neighboring properties. I believe that's what the language says. Um, and then the last um, one, which I always harp on, is that the condition of this property is not so re reoccurring that the county board can issue a um, a rule or an ordinance to correct. And I um, I know that the staff report has identified a few of these wedge-shaped lots, or at least one in their report. And I am confident that several of these exist around the, ca the county. And, you know, the county just acted for, um, you, know, you know, their EHO housing, and they could have very well done, um, you know, an ordinance for these properties if that was their intent as well. So I also have trouble under, under that one. Um, I'm also a little um, put off by the outreach that was done to the neighbors. It seems like the outreach in this case was we're going to send um, some FedExes and we'll wait for the responses. And there was clearly not, you know, any conversations to be had with any of the neighboring properties um, here to to try and understand how this would affect the neighbors and and work together accordingly. So that's kind of, I think I, I agree with Miss uh, Miss um, Malice and Miss Freshman's concurrence. Mr. Chairman, if if we were uh, going in the direction of the staff recommendation i think we would need to look at the proposed resolution i agree with you um and maybe make some modifications there so that our our thoughts are more clear on on the issue Sure. Thank you. We, I did say that I would call you back up yes. for questioning, and I did not I do that. Wanna, so of course, please. yeah, I didn't want to forget that. Briefly, though. Yes, yes. Um. The, um, with reference to this site, the, uh, the hardship as it applies is that this particular site is physically um, restrictive and the uh, ordinance and the, the um, Virginia law permits variances for that very reason so that vacant tracts of land don't sit undisturbed. Permits but not requires. Sorry. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Permits but not requires. Understood. And so um, in this case, this would be a productive use of the property. Um, one thing I would flag is that there's been certain um, critiques made with, that, with reference to a number of different issues. Um, the issues that were in 2011 are 
or many of them are no longer issues. This neighborhood has has changed in terms of a green space, in terms of what's there. This this particular home, and there's many homes in the area, would be aligned with those um, new townhomes and the overall neighborhood. But I, I hear concerns about the um, actual design. And as mentioned, um, the applicant has made some revisions to this, um, to this these plans and these designs once receiving communication from staff. And you know, this staff report was received um, last about a week ago. And now hearing that there's additional concerns, some of them that I hear is is the height. Uh, many of these requests and are not uh, as significant as characterized, for example, an NV Homes um, and or it wasn't NV Homes that spoke, by the way, it was Columbia Development, which owns some of the homes but not all of them. And they're just the developer for folks that are coming into that neighborhood to live in those homes. Um, that there's over a 60% difference. It's actually a 30% in terms of the adjacent to that side. The heights, it's it's one point, uh, one and a half, I believe, feet higher than the requirement. Many of these requests in terms of for relief are not as significant as some of our speakers today have made it, um, it out to be. Nonetheless, the applicant is here to make use of this property and values the opinion of the BZA and wants to, if necessary, make amendments to this design so that this property doesn't go on as it's been going, which is uh, become an attraction for rodents and, and trash, despite all of the efforts of the applicant to make this property not be that. So um, I want to just note that for the record, that there's a willingness here to incorporate these concerns and that the actual requests are uh, need to be considered in the in what is there in terms of a, a lot that um, was bought and not the hardship was not created by the applicant. The applicant purchased the property in this condition and um, the, uh, the hardship is created by the physicality of the site. I would I just want to raise the the neighborhood outreach issue. Um, the PDF page seven, I believe, of the supplemental materials. There are several circles circled or cir a GIS number circled. The the applicant did go door to door to a number of the um, of the sites as well. In terms of tracking what we got back, the um, those are the FedExes to show we have the tracking number so that we could show we got that back and we and you could look at on your computer or phone that there was a receipt. But the applicant did, you know, flag that those were out there to the residents and encourage them to return them by the prepaid um, envelopes that we sent them. We being the agents, uh, myself, as well as the, my email address. So the applicant did put that out there. Some folks opted not to. I would flag that this is a rather dense neighborhood and the fact that only three speakers came forward is not reflective of the fact that there's significant disagreement in the community. Um, I think to the contrary, many folks see the changing nature of this community and that the, another home is overall a, a value add as opposed to a value um, detraction, which is what the speakers have set forward. Um, so I, I want to, of course, answer more questions and um, flag that the applicant contends that this does meet the definition of variance and or, um, or uh, for variance and, and or hardship. Um, and moreover, that there's a willingness to address some of these design related concerns. Um, the applicant cares about this neighborhood, um, wants to make a productive use. And that's why I would, you know, 
I don't want to call the shots in terms of any vote, but I do want that to be, if possible, a part of the discussion, given that the applicant's here today to, to use their property. Thank you. Um, Thank you, Chairman. I, you know, I just point out for the record that that the um, two of the speakers represented a large number of of units in the surrounding neighborhood. So, so I'm not sure that that the assertion that you know we only you know got three responses is is a good representation of that that was just made. I think too one distinction that the chairman already pointed out is while there was significant outreach, there were no conversations. He just sent the FedExes and requested a review. And he went door to door to some places, but we have not seen any, what we normally see in response to something like this, I would say. And, and just uh, to add to what uh, Mitharthur's point and, and my further point is, is that, you know, in much lesser asks for use permits and variances, we wouldn't move these forward without significantly more outreach and conversations um, between the neighbors. Although in this case, I'm not entirely sure that that is gonna bear fruit. Alice, I'm just waiting for the hearing to be closed. Thank you. <laughs> Any other comments or questions before I close the hearing? To the, to the extent that this could be rec noted for the record, I don't I don't know that it can be, but because I'm here, I figured I'd ask it. I tried to imply in my comments that the applicant has a willingness to uh, ha make this development happen or this this property be used in a way that's consistent with staff's concerns and staff overall has pointed to the existence of a hardship and the the use of this lot as well as the the board of zoning appeals concerns which they're hearing for the first time today so to the extent that a deferral would be an option to address those concerns i would uh, respectfully request on the behalf of the applicant to have that happen given the amount of communication the amount of effort that has gone on in this past months to make this actually a productive use um, that you know satisfies the the hardship. So uh, for the the BZA's consideration, I'd like to reflect that for the record and um, kindly ask your consideration. Thank you. Thank you. Discussion now with the board. Ms. Malice. While there are cases where we do reevaluate an application and see how close it might come you know and would a deferral benefit i feel like this application is so far off that for us to sit here and talk about all the things that would have to be done um you know to satisfy us first of all we, you know we we never act prospectively to to redesign a project so my my view is that there's you know this project is just so far off that um a deferral would not be helpful. Thank you, Ms. Malice. Ms. I, I agree. Ms. Freshman. I, I, I do agree as well. Um, I think, uh, to be completely honest, as somebody who works in real estate, I don't understand how this lot was even created. There's nothing that you can do with it. it it's putting anything on it would overburden it to begin with. I, I just don't see. I'm looking at the plot. I just looked it up in land records. It was from 1947. That's when it was created, which I think says a lot. That's before our zoning code I think was the adopted. The state of Virginia had it and sold it. Is is my recollection? It's the commissioner's deed, so I think there was something else involved. Um, a special commissioner was appointed, and there's a bunch of people's names in the deed, which means that it was probably purchased out of a court case. Um, the because the plot is older than the zoning code. I don't think that this lot could have been created now, would it? 
Uh, to create a lot this size with this dimension now, you would have to get a variance. Right. Which to create the lot, to, to file the subdivision plot, you would need to, okay. Yeah. I, I, I just don't, I don't see how we could approve a dwelling on this lot, especially at this size. Mr. Freshman. Um, I agree with the comments, and I think that um, I understand that it's a difficult lot, but it was a difficult lot when it was purchased. Um, and it was purchased nonetheless with a history of having a variance denied. So I think a number of comments have been made about the number and and intensity, if you will, of the exceptions that are being asked to squeeze a, a big house <laughs> onto this very small lot. And if it, um, we don't redesign property, of course, and so um, my feeling is that it's not appropriate to defer it, that rather if the applicant list, has listened to all of the comments um, of, the, of the staff and of the BCA and of the neighborhood and nevertheless wants to try again, that's fine. But um, so there are so many exceptions being asked to develop a property that really has very little redeeming value. So, but knowingly buying it, um, I think they could reasonably have expected some difficulty in proceeding. So I think I would support the staff's recommendation for denial. Um, Ms. Arthur, did you have something else? Do we need to work on the the proposal? Happy to make a motion with some suggestions and then we can work from that. Please. Um, looking for the motion language. There it is. Um, I move that the Board of Zoning Appeals adopt the attached proposed resolution denying variance V-11888-23-VA-1. Second. Second. Um, second. VA-1. Subject to the conditions in the resolution. And I would amend, I, I really, I, I, the only thing I would amend is the one, two, three, four, Fifth, whereas, uh, whereas the BCA finds that the granting of the variance will will be detrimental to adjacent properties. I th you might look up the rest, but after consideration, um, the the very the, ver the um, whereas just before that um, does indicate that the hardship was created by the applicant, and I'm. I'm satisfied with that, but I need a motion for us. I need a second for us to proceed. So that's my only change is that will will be detrimental. Um, a motion made by Miss um, Malice, seconded by Miss Freshman, for the proposed resolution um, denial with a um, change on the fifth whereas um, discussion on the motion. And I have one more recommended suggestion um, that I'll just throw out and see what how people feel. Um, on the one, two, three, fourth, whereas um, at at the end, first I think that 
the the applicant should be singular, not plural. I guess just a typo. And and add, you know striking the comma and adding by requesting the BZA approve more than a by right project in a conforming location would be entitled to. On that same whereas. In uh, meaning it's 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 kind of expanding upon the hardship that was created by the applicant, right? Meaning that they're the applicant's proposal is creating the hardship, not that um, this could be a different scenario for hardship, or or maybe also the that the hardship was created by the applicants in their proposed plans. I would prefer to just leave it the way that Good. it is. That's just my opinion, though. Less words. I, I think it's confusing. Okay. Yeah. I th I think <laughs> I, I think the the parcel comes with hardships built in, but um, the 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 way that it's being proposed to be used um, exacerbates that, if you will. So, but I don't think they're creating more of a hardship than is already there. Um, I guess if you're saying that if, if you want to build a house that's too large, too tall, um, that, then uh, then you are creating it. I mean, is that what you're? That's what I'm trying to say because because the the language the language in that whereas is the hardship was created by the applicant, right? So the lot was not but created the, by the applicant. But the hardship is the fact that they purchased the then, lot that was unbuildable. Yeah, I I I. I don't. I don't. Well, so I that I disagree with. Right, I don't. I don't think that that the fact that the um, applicant purchases a a lot that is undersized is the hardship. Yeah, the lot is the hardship. And wanting I to build so. on it is the hardship. Yeah, I think so. Right, but that but that hardship was not created by the applicant, and I, I think that that well, that is not. It, it was from the standpoint that they acquired the property, but. And, but I don't think I don't think that that's a. I don't think that that is a, the purview of this board for that hardship. So I, I had there's, there's I had a problem with that it was created by the applicant in the beginning, and I thought that's what you were going to comment on. Um, so I kind of I kind of get where you're coming from. I, I agree with you know staff had it in their staff report that um, some of the some of the hardship in this was created by the actual proposal, right? That's what I'm trying to get at, as opposed to um, you know other, other variances. You know if I if I build a garage without a permit. And then want a variance to get retroactive approval. I created but the hardship. The proposal that's, that's exacerbates the, the that's hardship. That's the typical They're hardship the, that variances would deal with, and that's the distinction I'm trying to draw. For the record, you know, for the record going forward, if if, if a party chooses to appeal, so that's the problem um, that I'm trying to solve. What if we just strike that whole warehouse? I don't think it's necessary to even say that. I don't either. I would just strike it. I would too. That's my that's my suggestion. We still hit all the all the points, most of the points, and enough points. Are we to, just, uh, the proposals to just not address hardship. To not address that specific one. There's still hardships that we've discussed in the first and, se so and the third, second and third whereas. So what's what's the proposal for this whereas clause? To strike the BZA finds that the property was acquired in good faith and the hardship was created by the applicants. Well, I think we need to make a finding, right? Because I mean, that's a requirement of a variance is to create to to make a finding for that one requirement. So I don't think we can just strike it. We either have to, you know, the, the hardship was created by the applicant or the hardship was not created by the applicant. 
It's the proposal. Yeah. That is the problem. It's factually doesn't I work. I don't here. think created by the, the the hard the hardship was created by the applicant's proposal. The hardship would be created by the applicant's proposal. I'm cool with that. Okay. Miss Malice. Okay. <laughs> okay. So um, amending Miss Malice's amendment um, to add that that the uh, hardship was created by the applicant's the applicant's proposal. Is that what I just said? Hardship was created by the yeah the applicant's yeah, by the proposal by the applicant's proposal. Just ask for unanimous consent. You unanimous consent for that change. Hearing no objection, change has been made. Um, any other further discussion on this motion? I will call the roll. Ms. Malice. Aye. Ms. Freshman. Aye. Ms. Clark. Aye. Ms. Arthurs. Aye. Chair votes aye. The motion to deny this application with the two amendments passes five to zero. Mr. Bowen, can we return briefly to the second case? Are we ready for that? I'm sorry, not the second. Um, let's see. Uh, B-11887-23-UP-1. Yes, and thank you to Mr. Moore for uh, bearing with us. Um, in the interim, um, I did sorry. confirm not um, both using our um, Bluetooth Bluebeam software to measure it myself and then confirming with um, Meg as well that the numbers provided in the staff report for coverage do incorporate the parking spaces and are accurate. Excellent. Thank you so much for waiting. Um, apologies. When I realized um, pretty quickly that that was a mistake, um, but I had already called the case, so we were already down that path. Uh, Miss Arthurs. I would like to make a motion if we are there, which I think we might be, but I will defer to my colleagues. Are we ready for motion? I see some nods. Mm -hmm. Please, Miss Malice, Miss Arthurs. I move that the Board of Zoning Appeals approve the attached proposed resolution granting the use permit B 1187 23 UP 1, subject to the conditions listed. Second. A motion made by Ms. Arthur, seconded by Ms. Clark. I will call the, uh, is there any further discussion? I will call the roll. Ms. Malice. Aye. Ms. Freshman. Ms. Clark. Aye. Ms. Arthurs. Aye. Chair votes aye. Uh, vote passes five to zero. Good luck with your project. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for waiting. Thank you. Mr. Bowen, can you please call the next case? Let's roll. <laughs> uh, yes, Mr. Kaplan, I believe the very next case on the agenda yeah. Case number V-11889-23-UP-1 dash 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 was approved in a group motion at the beginning of the hearing. So knowing that, we will move on to the following case, which is case number V-11890-23-UP-1. This is a use permit request by Fiona London and David Kale, the owners, to permit a street setback of 16 feet to the building wall, 14.5 feet to the building eave, instead of 25 feet to the building wall, 21 feet to the building eave, as required from South Illinois Street, regarding the reconstruction of an existing non-conforming building walls to support a second-story addition to an existing one-family dwelling on a corner lot in the R6 Zoning District on the premises known as 5500 Third Street South within the Glen Carlin Civic Association. Staff recommends that the board adopt the attached proposed resolution approving the use permit request with conditions. Please note that we do not have speakers signed up to speak on this case, but we do have supplemental material that has been submitted, and that includes an um, associated email and certified mail receipts um, from Gloria Johnson, a neighbor, and from Nagwan um, Salaman, a neighbor as well. Thank you, Mr. Bowen. Any questions for staff on this application? 
just just a knit. Um, there's two applications. Does that happen often? Two applications in which sense? Of literally two different applications here. One, it, the only difference is um, contact, but I just want, I think that's the only difference. Oh, in terms of the record summary form, is that what you're looking at potentially? The application? Yeah, that is, um, if the applicant includes um, multiple points of contact, multiple on the contacts tab, you know, so sometimes they'll have their own name and then sometimes they'll put, you know, the name of another additional property owner. Um, the, the permit Arlington will automatically generate multiple reports. This generates multiple. Just based on how the contacts are entered, yes. That's my question. Thank you, Ms. Malice. Is the applicant with us? Um, no we questions. are here. We're here online. We're online. We see you, Ms. Hello, Fiona Leiden and Dave Cowell. Please, uh, would you like to speak to your application? Um, yes, yeah, so we um, we're, we have a we purchased a two bedroom house on 5500 Third Street South, and we're um, planning to do a one story addition to the house. And we're um, asking um, that we be allowed to rebuild an existing wall on the Illinois Street side of our home that encroaches um, slightly on the setback. Um, we would like to take down the existing wall and rebuild in order to support the one story addition. And then there will be a slight um, encroachment with the um, eave overhang also on the same Illinois um, street side of our home. Thank you. Um, do my colleagues have any questions for the applicant? Ms. Malice. Yeah. Um there was a little hang up on the rear neighbors, and I see in the supplemental material that there was um, letters sent to them. Yeah, so we um, we reached out to all of the neighbors involved by email um, initially and got responses from from four of them and also spoke to them in person. Um, there were two neighbors that we had not heard from. So we then, in addition to the email contact, sent certified letters. They They don't come to the door when you knock? They're, they're rental properties, so we spoke to the renters, but the owners did not respond. Oh, so these the things that were sent were sent to the owners? Yeah, but we also went door to door. We spoke to the renters, but not to the owners. The, but, we, the, but we did try to contact them by email and then a certified letter also. Oh, because the, the addresses on the letters were... This, the not the owner's address, but the renter's address, right? Yeah, that's correct. So did you try to contact the owners? Yes, by email um, several times. Okay, what are their names? It, those are the names that are on the um, Gloria Johnson. And oh, I see Gloria Johnson's the owner, not the renter. Yes. Okay. Okay, thank you. Anything further? Discussion with the board. Motion. Ms. Freshman. I move the Board of Zoning Appeals grant the attached proposed resolution approving use permit that V-11890-23-UP1 dash 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 subject to the conditions listed. I'll second. A motion made by Ms. Freshman, seconded by Ms. Clark. Is there any further discussion? We'll call the roll. Ms. Malice? Aye. Ms. Freshman? Aye. Ms. Clark? Aye. Ms. Arthurs? Aye. 
Chair votes aye. Motion to pass this use permit passes five to zero. Congratulations. Good luck with your project. Thank you so much. Mr. Bowen, can you please call number six on the agenda? Yes, Mr. Kaplan. The next case on the agenda is case number V-11891-23-VA-1, dash 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 a variance request by Laura Jacobs, the owner, to permit an interior structural alteration to an existing non-conforming multiple family residential building regarding an interior renovation to remove one load-bearing wall in the kitchen in the RA-1426 zoning district on the premises known as 4861 28th Street South within the Fairlington Civic Association. Staff recommends that the board adopt the attached proposed resolution approving the variance request with conditions. Please note that we have not received supplemental material for this case, but we do have one additional speaker, James Ostroff, who has signed up to speak on this case. Thank you, Mr. Bowen. Uh, any questions on this application for staff? I do have one little question. Um, looking at, sorry. What? Why don't we do this and then we could talk about it? Oh. Um, Miss Arthur's has a question or concern about the case we just approved. Are the applicants still here from the prior case? I'm sorry, uh, Jacobs. We're gonna. I'm be so right sorry. We'll be right with you. You want to? Yeah, I wanted to see if they were going to come on. You want to make a comment to the board? Yeah. So I was trying to figure out what was going on with the supplemental certified letters because those were pretty important to everyone's decision. And these two people that are listed on here are not the property owners, which I thought that's what she was saying. So they're not listed in, in the tax records as the owners of those properties. So I would just like some clarification. Oh, um, yeah. we believe your words. Yeah, we we got that information from our Glen Carlin, um, the Glen Carlin Association, Civic, Civic Association. Association. That's who is listed. Yeah, they're, they're not the owners of the properties. Okay, I'm sorry, that was our so, in, incorrect information then, but we did. Um, we, we, we visited the house and we spoke to the renters there, um, and you know. The rent, the renters, the, the renters who were there were not the same people who were listed on the civic association. So we presumed that they were the owners. So we, that's that's who we send it. And we did, uh, um, we did have positive feedback from any of the neighbors that we did speak with, and those emails are included. They were all very supportive of us developing this house. For the for the record, for everybody online and everywhere. Tax records are public. You can go and search and find out who the owners are of properties. We made our decision based on the fact that the owners were noticed. And I just want to make sure that my board, my fellow colleagues know that the owners of the property were not. I understand that you talked to the tenants. I went through this as well when I did a BZA and the okay. owners did not want to respond. And the tenants thankfully did for one of the sites. I understand how much of a pain it is, but tax records are public knowledge. And they're, you can get, not public knowledge, they're publicly available, you can search. Just so you know, I hope you never have to do this again, but okay. you can't search this information. Um, so I just want to make sure my colleagues are aware of that. Mr. Arthurs, I'd be happy to verify. Um, you know, we send out additional mail notices ourselves, and I can verify if we send it to the property owners. Okay. If that would calm your nerves a little bit. Yeah, it would, because their tax bills are sent to a different address if they don't live there. Like, the owners of... 
which one is this? At 5504 4th Street, their tax bills are sent to Seattle, Washington. So that's where they're residing. And it's definitely not the same name as the person on this letter. And what is the name on the letter? And then I can just check the name. 50, uh, Gloria Johnson. And Michael Shepard and Emily Dilger own that. Okay. So I will check to see if I see a Michael Shepard okay. and Emily. Cool, cool. You guys, I assume, pull from tax records for the address of. Yeah. Correct. Okay, yeah. cool. If they're noticed, that makes me feel tremendously better. Are we ready to move forward? I think so. As a board? Uh, unless anybody wants to. I don't know that it changes anybody's opinion, but I just kind of wanted it for the record. Nope. Thank you. Okay. Mr. Bowen will confirm that the owners were notified. Yeah, that should only take me hopefully less than a minute. Cool. Let's just wait less than a minute then. Yeah, as long as we're putting it out into the into the sphere, uh, I think our instructions are pretty clear on how to contact owners, as well as if if the neighbors are renters, then there is instructions on how to contact owners. I don't know. Well, Mr. Bowen is checking on something that I, I didn't want to have to come back to. A, we're, we're trying to make sure that the neighbors were notified as his requirement. Preference. The preference. I think it's actually right. It's our requirement. Yeah. Like, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to, yeah, I think you're right. I don't, I don't think there's a legal requirement to yeah. email notices. It's our preference. Okay, I'm opening up the document right now, so I should have an answer in about 15 seconds. Yes, we did send a letter to them. Fabulous. Thank I'm you. good. Sorry to bother. I appreciate you hanging around. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Jacobs, we are ready for you. I apologize. Uh, just just uh, this is just for the record, we are going back to case B-11891-23-VA-1. Dash 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 Would you like to speak to your application? Yes, please. Uh, good evening. I am Laura Jacobs. My husband, Aaron, is here also, and I believe our contractor, Bob DeLong, is also on the call. Um, thank you to all of you for considering our application and to our neighbor, Jim, who will speak um, on the matter, too. Um, I have applied for a variance through BZA in order to make internal renovations to modernize my residence as the proposed undertaking includes moving a load bearing structural wall. The strict application of the terms of the zoning ordinance would impart a hardship on me by restricting my ability to update the property to best serve my family. I have a baby at home. I want to update the kitchen to improve the overall energy efficiency the kitchen's functionality and the visibility between the rooms on the main floor of my townhouse. Right now, in order for me to have eyes on him, my baby must be underfoot in the very small kitchen while I cook, which is dangerous for both of us. 
I acquired my residence in good faith in March 2019. The condition of the property, including its existing setbacks, existed prior to my purchase and were not created by me. I purposely purchased an unmodernized unit with the expectation that I would one day be able to remodel the kitchen by right to increase overall energy efficiency and to accommodate my tastes and needs. In no way was this hardship created by me. My residence was in full compliance with the county setback requirements when it and the neighboring buildings were built in 1944. The granting of this variance will in no way cause detriment to adjacent and nearby properties. In no way will my neighbors be impacted by the kitchen renovation nor by the moving of this wall. I had every intention and planned accordingly with my contractor of completing this project while I'm away from work on maternity leave from Arlington Public Schools so that the baby and I could leave the property during the construction. This laborious permitting process has delayed the renovation by multiple months Delaying the project further would be unfair and expensive. This project will not impact surrounding lots. My structure's overall footprint size or my structure's placement in the neighborhood. It will have no impact on historical features, significant or insignificant trees, nor foliage. They will not change the zoning classification of my property. This interior kitchen renovation will not be detrimental to the public welfare or injurious to property or improvements in the neighborhood. This project will update the kitchen from its 1970s cabinetry, old flooring and counters, and increase the energy efficiency. In 2011, the county board made clear that such renovations in essential historic buildings like those in Fairlington are in Arlington's public interest and charge the BZA along with the county's other planning, zoning and permitting processes with encouraging these renovations. The project is not in conflict with the master plans and land use and zoning related policies. I enjoy living in Fairlington. I love my house and I respect Fairlington's historic place in Arlington County. Thank you for considering my application and I hope you'll agree that this renovation is a simple interior project that will greatly improve my home's livability and appeal. Thank you, Ms. Jacobs. Thank you. Are there any questions for this applicant? Can we call the speaker? Ms. Malice. There's a speaker. We have a speaker. Um, yeah, I can wait for the speaker and then I'll speak. Uh, Mr. Ostroff. Well, yes, thank you all very much. Appreciate it. Uh, my wife and I live I'm, I'm sorry, adjacent. Could oh. you identify your location? I, I am, I am, for the record, I am James Ostroff. My wife and I live at 4859B South 28th Street, Arlington 22206. We live immediately adjacent to the applicant and we uh, support and approve their petition, their application. Um, such renovations have been done frequently in the Fairlington community, and I must say each each of them must be approved by our condominium association's uh, uh, variance committee, requiring uh, engineer reports and attestations that uh, structural integrity will not be impaired. Uh, we've seen many neighbors do such a renovation and they have not they've not affected anything not the exterior they're fairly quiet they don't create noise garbage whatever but they do improve the quality of life for residents and that's very important so you know again we strongly support this and 
would appreciate if the board would grant this variance request. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I assume there's no questions, so discussion with the board. I, I'll just comment to the applicant. Ms. Malice, please. Uh, Ms. Jacobs. I yes. am very sympathetic with what you're asking for, and certainly you did not cause the hardship. The hardship was caused by a new way of interpreting the zoning ordinance um, that came up in the last couple of years. And if if you've been clued into this process, you know that this is a thing that the county board hopefully will address soon so that you don't have to. So residents don't have to come to BZA for these types of um, renovations. Nevertheless, the way that the zoning ordinance has been written, I won't be able to support this, um, but my colleagues will have a different view. And I'll, I'll just say, I think it's an absolute travesty that you have had to um, withstand this hearing for two hours um, to do what every other resident in this county can do by right. And um, I am glad that I sense this will pass tonight, um, but it will probably pass three to two and it's not personal. We we are, I, uh, this is a problem that the county board really needs to solve. Motion. And that's okay. the reason for, for, I think mine and Ms. Malice's vote, so. Can I make one point? Yeah, please. I think that the, the uh, situation was actually caused by somebody sending a plat of Fairlington to the zoning county, to the zoning office, because these were built prior to the zoning code being established. So that's when we were made aware of the issue because we realized that they were not in conformance with the code, just for the record. Uh, do you want to make a motion? Motion. Please. I move the Board of Zoning Appeals adopt the attached proposed resolution approving the variance V-11891-23-BA-1, dash 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 subjects to the conditions listed. Second. Ms. Arthurs. Motion made by Ms. Freshman, seconded by Ms. Arthurs. I will call the roll. Ms. Malice. Ms. Freshman. Aye. Ms. Clark. Aye. Ms. Arthurs. Aye. Chair votes no. This um, application uh, for use permit passes three to two. Thank you and good luck with your project. Thank you. Mr. Bowen, can you please call agenda seven? Yes, Mr. Kaplan, next case on the agenda is case number V-11892-23-UP-1. This is a use permit request by Michael and Tiffany Ellis, the owners, to remit a street setback of 10 feet to the rear detached garage instead of 25 feet to the rear detached garage as required from North Brookside Drive regarding a modified rear detached garage to an existing one-family detached dwelling on a corner lot in the R5 zoning district on the premises known as 2512 Washington Boulevard within the Lion Park Civic Association. Staff recommends that the board adopt the attached proposed resolution granting the use permit request with conditions. Please note we, that we do not have additional speakers who have signed up to speak on this case, but we do have supplemental materials that have been submitted, and this includes two letters of support from neighbors. Thank you, Mr. Bowen. Do we have any questions for staff on this application? I see the applicant. Yes. Mr. Ellis. Yes, sir. With us. Would you like to speak? Um, just shortly, if you don't mind. Thank Please. you all for your time. It's really been an exciting process to go through as a homeowner, and I want to thank you for your time. It's quite interesting to watch the process, and also the help from Ms. Ryan and Mr. Goldberg has been extremely helpful as we went through this. Um, I did just do a quick property search, and the four letters of support that I have are from the homeowners, um, but I feel like it's fairly straightforward 
And I would just leave it at that. And if there are any questions, be happy to answer them for you. Thank you. Um, are there any questions for this applicant? I d not for the applicant, but I did have a question for staff, or maybe the applicant too, but can you tell me the significance on the plat that shows the improvement of the surveyor's seal being struck? Oh, yes, we can answer that. Um, when an applicant makes modifications to a document that was certified and draws in their own information, we just ask that the seal be struck um, so that it is no longer considered certified since those measurements or, you know, illustrations that have been added have not been certified by someone who is licensed. So if it's not struck, we assume that it has been certified by some. So if somebody hand draws in on a plat, mm. we would expect that to be struck. Yes, that is a practice we've had for, um, I'm not sure exactly how long, but, you know, probably for over a year now that when um, over an applicant has made a decision or has made a modification to a plat, um, it is appropriate for the, uh, the seal to be stricken um, since it is no longer a certified document from a surveyor or a civil engineer. All right. So in my 10 years, this is the first time I've seen the <laughs> seal struck. So it's a recent change. <laughs> Relatively <laughs> recent. Yeah, I can't, I can't pinpoint the exact I date. But I think we had one earlier tonight, actually. Too. Yeah. I, I yeah. think we had one or two earlier tonight as well. Oh, did we? So I, <laughs> it didn't have red. It was black. Didn't, it was black. Right. Oh, That's right. Well, it was the red that jumped yeah, out at yeah. me. I see. Um, I think that's my that's motion. One sec, one sec, one sec. Yeah, and the supplemental material was helpful. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, one second, Ms. Freshman. I was just getting caught up on. I don't think I have a question, but give me one second. I'm good, Ms. Freshman. I move the Board of Zoning Appeals adopt the attached proposed resolution approving use permit V-11892-23-UP1. Dash 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 Subject to the conditions listed. Second. A motion made by Ms. Freshman, seconded by Ms. Arthurs. Any further discussion? We'll call the roll. Uh, Ms. Malice? Aye. Ms. Freshman? Aye. Ms. Clark? Aye. Ms. Arthurs? Aye. Chair votes aye. The motion to grant this application passes 5 to 0. Thank you for waiting and good luck. Thank you all very much. Have a nice evening. You too. Mr. Bowen, next case, please. We are flying. Yeah. Yes, Mr. Kaplan. The next case on the agenda is case number V-11893-23-UP-1. This is a use permit request by Charlene Alexander, the owner, to permit a fence height of six feet instead of four feet as required within the street setback regarding a new fence in the R6 zoning district on the premises known as 409 South Laramore Street within the Glen Carlin Civic Association. Staff recommends that the board adopt the attached proposed resolution granting the use permit request with conditions. Um, we do not have any additional speakers who have signed up in advance on this case, nor do we have any uh, additional supplemental materials. Uh, do we have any questions for staff on this? I do have a question. On, if you can see on this picture, I know that there's this, the fence on the shown on the right goes all the way to the corner Fifth Road. And it is the, the correct height or the requested height as compared to the fence on the left, which is actually alongside the house. Yes. Yes, I would partially defer to the applicant in that regard, um, but I believe that the fence that is on site that is taller is conforming to zoning ordinance and requirements and has received a fence permit and was approved. And just this small section of fencing um, that she would like to build at six feet tall um, is currently shown in that photograph as 
not a tall fence and is, in fact, I would say, concealed so behind it bushes. Would, it would connect the two f pieces of fence? Yeah. Correct. That's all that this is for is to connect yes. the fence. I was I was just about I was just about to say I did a site visit because I, I totally did not understand this application until mm -hmm. I went to the property later earlier today. And I just want to say it is a travesty that this is required and that um, that fence is not already complete. And um, I, I think that someone should make a motion. I'll make a motion. Miss Arthur's. <laughs> let me find it. Really no, well, let her not let her speak. <laughs> Maybe she wants to speak. Sorry. Okay, Miss <laughs> Mouse. No, I just. <laughs> I just wondered why your neighbor would object. We have an objection. Filling. Well, they they didn't. Well, they didn't. They say didn't one way or another. Oh, I did. Okay. And the why fence is already your there. Your most affected neighbor would not value this. Just for the applicant. Well, so, I tried. Are you talking about the neighbor that's on the other side of the fence? Yes. Yes. Fifty-nine. 15. I sent her, I sent the owner of that property uh, a letter. I didn't hear from her. I followed up with an email. Uh, she had been ill and in her email, she said she would be getting to that letter the following week. That never happened. I sent another email to her um, did not get a response, and so my assumption is, if she objected, she would have responded. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I, yeah, th that happened in August, right? I'm sorry. That happened in August, according to the, the material. Yeah, it, it's been a yeah, it's it's been a while. And so she's never piped up about it. She did not. And she was notified, correct? This is already there. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a gap. There's a gap. There's a chain link fence. Yeah, but I mean, it's there. Yeah. There's a, I just, it, want, it, I can, just wondered why. This is a weird quirk in how, like, that's the, the pipe. I don't know if it's a pipe stem officially, but it's like a weird quirk in, in, in that, which didn't make sense to me until I saw it. Okay, I'm done. Anyone? Can I make my motion? Please. Quickly. I lost it. Hold on. <laughs> I was just scrolling. I move that the Board of Zoning Appeals approve the attached proposed resolution granting the use permit V-11893-23-UP-1 subject to the conditions listed. Second. Oops. A tie. <laughs> A motion made by Ms. Arthur, seconded by Ms. Malice. Is there any further discussion? I will call the roll. Ms. Malice? Aye. Ms. Freshman? Aye. Ms. Clark? Aye. Ms. Arthurs? Aye. Chair votes aye. This motion passes five to zero. Enjoy your new 25 feet of fence. <laughs> might, might be thank the very project much. we never approved. <laughs> thank you. And thank you to the staff because they are fabulous. They are pretty they awesome. Are. They are fabulous. They really are. They're extraordinarily patient and helpful. Yes. Thank I you. I think we have two more. Mr. Bowen, number 10. Uh, yes, the very next case on the agenda, just to confirm, is was a, included in the group motion at the start of the hearing and will be deferred to December. Um, so moving on from there, uh, the next case after that is case number V-11895-23-UP-1. This is a use permit request by David Kaiser on behalf of A.M. Mueller and Wayne Chen, the owners, to permit a separation of 4.3 feet between a main building and an accessory building instead of 8 feet between buildings as required 
regarding a proposed accessory building to an existing one-family dwelling in the R27 zoning district on the premises known as 1911 South Lorton Street within the Green Valley Civic Association. Mm -hmm. Staff recommends that the board adopt the attached proposed resolution granting the use permit request with conditions. Um, please note that we do not have supplemental um, speakers who have signed up to speak for them this request, but we do have a letter of support from one additional neighbor that has come in as supplemental material. Mr. Chairman. Yes, Arthur. I am going to recuse myself because I own a house three doors down and I'm also friends with the applicant. So I'm going to step out in the back while you guys hear this case. Thank you. Do we have any questions for staff for this application? I do. Ms. Malice. Um, and I have another plat question. Um, there's two plats that are identical and I assume usually the second plat will show where the improvement is. But there is no plat that shows where the improvement is. So in terms of plats, we only require one plat that's signed and sealed by a surveyor that can show either the existing or approved conditions. We do have what I would call diagrammatic site plans um, labeled A04, showing the location of the um, proposed accessory building. So we don't require there to be a plat showing the new improvement? No, we only require that we have a plat um, with a signed and sealed from a civil engineer or surveyor, and that can show either the existing and proposed conditions. Um, the assumption being, you know, that if we can certify measurements and then, you know, a proposed diagram. So in this case, we have uh, certified measurements for the existing conditions that, you know, you can safely use to plan a building. Okay. And then um, the other document does not need to be certified. In this case, the proposed diagram. So any idea why it was put in here twice? Just to blow my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I will defer to the applicant there. I believe um, some of these drawings, a lot of times applicants will have, you know, a building permit drawing set for a follow-up building permit, and they will just include the same package, whether or not the BZA needs to see the full project um, documentation that could submit it for the building permit is, you know, possibly a no, but we still include um, the documentation that's submitted to us. Got it. Okay. I think one, one of them, yeah, one of them is existing, and the other one gives you information on New second floor roof, blah blah. But doesn't show. Yeah, it's like it's a but plant then that was used for you have different to go, improvement. You have to go to an, a different drawing to find where the accessory actually is. Right. If I could just comment on that, the, I can wait. Yeah. Uh, no, you waited long enough. The the second floor already exists. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, good. So this is a plat used so, for another purpose. Uh, yes, that's correct. So what you're referring to earlier about kind of proposed conditions being indicated on the plat, this plat was originally done in 2016, and those were the proposed conditions at the time that mm -hmm. it was done. Are you the app? Are you Mr. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm David Kaiser. I'm the agent for the owners. Uh, homeowners are online. So no new plat was done for this. Uh, correct. So that is the proposed uh, site plan uh, to show conditions. We will do a, a final plat. I believe that's part of the conditions of the uh, staff's uh, approval of the Is that correct? Yeah, typically for most building permits, a final survey is required to certify that setbacks, and especially for a BZA approval where very specific setbacks are given down to a tenth of a foot, a final survey is uh, included in the condition language. Mr. Chairman, it looks like the owners are with us too. 
Yes, I believe they are. Um, is um, who, who is planning to speak for this? I, I'm prepared to speak. Uh, they can certainly add comments uh, as well. I don't know if they signed up as speakers. No, they, they don't. They're fine. Oh, okay. They don't have to. They don't have, yeah, the, own, the owners and the applicant are assumed to want to speak. OK, so go ahead. Uh, just if it's my time. It is okay. definitely your time. OK, uh, I did want to start off by thanking uh, Brett, Blake and Meg for their help. Uh, very responsive. Uh, I've worked in a number of different counties and uh, it's not always the case. So I don't want to take that for granted. So thank you guys. Thank you. Um, I did also want to bring up. Um, we do have letters of support from eight of the neighbors. Um, and there was a ninth neighbor uh, who we were un or the homeowners were unable to reach uh, in direct efforts. So they did send a certified mail uh, with yep. all the plans and kind of the uh, information about the project. And I do have a copy of the certified. What is uh, the mail address receipt. that you're referring to? Uh, I'm sorry, it is uh, 1912 South Langley Street. That's that's a very important affected neighbor. Uh, it is uh, in a directly adjacent neighbor. Yes, it's yeah, that that will that shed will be on their corner. OK, sorry, thank you. No, sorry. Uh, so I don't really need to go and repeat the uh, the staff report or all the facts in there. I just wanted to, um, you know, give a little color. Uh, the homeowners wish to stay in the neighborhood. Uh, they are looking to expand their family, uh, do need a little additional space uh, as a result for storage and for home office use. Uh, so this is really how that space is going to be used. Um, like I said, they did solicit opinions directly from neighbors um, and found a great deal of support. Um, no additional comments at this time, but certainly available to answer any questions. Mr. Chairman. Ms. Malice. So, um, you said you have additional documentation for 1912. I do. Yes, I have six copies. Give I, it to Mr. Bowen. Yes, I'm happy to take those. Thank you. Our guidance worked. For, our guidance worked for supplemental. We got six copies. Oh, yes. <laughs> We're not reviewing yeah. immediately before the meetings. So yep. I'm looking at this application and this is to the architect. Um, you know, staff provides us with comparables, mm -hmm. and this is pushing the envelope. Um, the the existing shed comparable that staff has provided us that is the smallest is 4.5 feet. And you're requesting 4.3, and this is a kind of a creep that starts to happen. We get a little bit smaller every time until there's no separation. Yes, um, just just a comment in my own research, and it wasn't completely adopted by staff. I did find a couple properties that were uh, a little closer, as close as there are four properties uh, in the statement of justification that were at least or less than three feet uh, of separation. Um, and I understand that's just my research. That's not staff's research, but just to point that out. So what would it take for you to shave that a few inches? Um, so there is some, for lack of a better term, wiggle room built into the 4.3 feet. Um, you know, obviously during construction, uh, we are going to do a final 
flat uh, to measure the final conditions. And we want to make sure if something shifts, you know, six inches during construction, we have enough leeway so we don't have to come back for a variance or a reapproval. Um, so we thought 4.3 feet would give us enough flexibility uh, to take care of that as well. What do you think it's going to come in at? Uh, I think the measured distance on the plat is 5.4 feet. Five. Uh, excuse me, the proposed site plan. 5.4? Uh, 5.4 feet was the measured uh, distance Five. on our proposed site plan. And you're asking for 4.3? Uh, that's correct. So an extra foot in a little bit? Uh, yeah, we ju we're just really looking for an additional foot of leeway there. Yeah, I I'm a little comfortable pushing the you know, ratcheting down. And, you know, yeah, no, I, I, I especially I, when, you know, I know this is because what's going to happen is this will set a precedent for the next person. They'll come in and say, you know, in November 23, BZA approved a 4.3, and they're going to come in at 4.1, and then the next guy's going to come in. And so we, we do try to hold the line if at all possible. Understand. On the comparables. And, and I, I would I would just add that um, uh, again I have not reviewed the you know the actual comps that are in the applicant's letter and I take them at their word, um, but just looking at the comps uh, you know from the staff report you know the the 4.5 is already an outlier right so if, way bit way right and and so you know I don't know that you know if if the comp were six five and we were going to six three I'm I might not agree with Miss Malice but in this case it is and it it sounds like if this board were inclined to approve um for uh 4.5 instead of 4.3 you'd probably be comfortable with that anyway because you've built in a foot from the 4.5 right sure we, so we approve 4.5 it sounds like you'd be comfortable with that if you're willing to approve 4.5 yes i'd be comfortable. excellent then that's what we'll do i think that i think that that would be my preference as well um and so that's two of four i don't know if anyone else has an opinion i think i'm okay with that So under the new system, we're allowed to make that change without a lot of rigmarole. And I think even, even under the old system, since we're having a lesser setback, it would actually be okay anyway, because we're approving less than what has been advertised. Um, my uh, quick question for Mr. Bowen, um, nor normally we see that language, um, you know, applicant is requesting an extra foot wiggle room. Um, I, I guess I either it's in here and I missed it or it's not in here. Um, I do not believe uh, maybe you were unaware the report. Yeah, right. Okay. That I, that, that, I guess that was my question asking if mm -hmm. you were aware. Yeah. Um, I, what's the best way to do that? Mr. Bowen, I think we just change the resolution. We make a, we, we make a motion and change the resolution from 4.3 to 4.5. Is, is the dimension in the resolution? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the, easy. Refers to whereas. Yes. I think that is an easy change. We're going to change that to 4.5. Okay. I am excited that this applicant has built-in wiggle room. <laughs> <laughs> and insignificant, you know, not, not that 0.2 is insignificant, but it's insignificant if you have a foot, so. Motion. Ms. Freshman. I move the Board of Zoning Appeals approve the attached proposed resolution granting use permit v dash. 11895-23-UP-1 subject to the conditions listed with the change in the first whereas to permit a building separation of 4.5 feet. 
Second. A motion made by Ms. Freshman, seconded by Ms. Malice with the, the change from 4.3 to 4.5. Is there any further discussion? Hearing none, I will call the roll. Ms. Malice. Aye. Ms. Freshman. Aye. Ms. Clark. Aye. Ms. Arthurs recused herself. Chair votes aye. The vote to approve this accessory dwelling passes four to zero. Thank you. Great. Enjoy your accessory dwelling. Thank you for that. Mr. Bowen, last case. Yes, very quickly noting that case number V-11896-23-UP-1 dash 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 was included in the group motion at the beginning of the hearing. And so with that, we will move on to the final case on the agenda, which is case number V-11897-23-VA-1. This is a variance request by Megan Detweller, the owner, to permit a window well to an existing non-conforming multiple-family residential building regarding the addition of a new window well in the RA-1426 zoning district on the premises known as 4314 36th Street South within the Fairlington Civic Association. Staff recommends that the board adopt the attached proposed resolution approving the variance request with conditions. We do not have any supplemental materials nor any speakers who have signed up in advance for this case. I assume we don't have any questions for staff. It's a pretty common application. Um, applicant is Ms. Detweiler. Hi, yes. Would you like to speak to your application? Um, the only thing I would like to add is that, um, first of all, I appreciate all the work that, or all the help we got in completing the application. And then second of all, um, in Fairlington, we, we might own one of, if not the only, um, home with the, an original working wood burning fireplace in the basement. And so the egress window that I'm requesting is, um, for safety purposes also. Because we do use that fireplace and we'd like to make it, we'd like to have a um, another entrance or another exit. Thank you. Do we have any comments or questions for this applicant? Mr. Chairman. Ms. Mellis. Ms. Detweiler, if you were listening earlier, you would have heard my remarks that I won't be supporting the application, not because I think it's worthy, but because it doesn't meet the variance standard. But that's that's. That's been the pattern on every one, and I think you're, you'll be fine. I understand. Thank you. Um, I, my feeling is also well known. Um, do we have any motions? My computer died, so I can't read it. So if someone else wants to make, can you make the motion? Thank you. <laughs> I move the Board of Zoning Appeals adopt the proposed attached resolution approving variance dash V dash 11897 dash 23 dash VA 1. Subject to the conditions listed. Second. A motion made by Ms. Freshman, seconded by Ms. Arthurs. Hearing no further discussion, I will call the roll. Ms. Malice. No. Ms. Freshman. Aye. Ms. Clark. Aye. Ms. Arthurs. Aye. Chair votes no. The uh, motion for this window well passes three to two. Good luck with your project and enjoy that fireplace. Thank you so much. Um, before I uh, turn over to someone to make a motion for the uh, minutes, I would like to uh, request unanimous consent to pass the service resolution that I previously previously distributed to this board on Monday. Via email. Via email. No yep. objection here. No objection. Okay. Hearing no objection, motion for service passes five to zero unanimously. Approve. I move approval of the minutes of Wednesday, October 11, 2023. And Tuesday, September 12, 2023. I second.
Uh, Miss, I have two copies here. Is that is that just an accident? Uh, are they, is one for September and one's for October? I have two. I have two for September 12. I don't know if there's. It's just an accident. There weren't. Wasn't oh, intended. that may be an accident then. Mr. Bone, are are these the minutes that I previously have emailed you? Yes, these Monday? are the minutes you emailed me this they, week. No, they're different. So the minutes up for approval are the ones that I emailed okay. on Monday. I don't know that. I don't know. I don't know which ones they are, but there are two. In we have a. I should have a record copy over here that I can bring over to you. Can we just uh, tell me what the last? What's the last thing on page one? Is it same as Arthur's abstains? Let me. Oh, it doesn't. This is the. Yeah, that's the one that should be. This is not this, the this one that is, I have is wrong too. Yeah. Yeah. So can we can we update the motion for the one that was emailed to the BZA on Monday? That I. Yeah. <laughs> that makes that'll make it a little easier. It works for me. Unanimous consent oh, the, to update. The one that where you abstain is the, is the correct one. Is the correct one. Yes. All right. Because that's the edit that Rick made for the that he circulated to us. I changed. So on the one I circulated, I changed the order on on it. And I, so I don't have it in front of me. Okay. I could bring it up if we need to. And then the other one, I uh, I made a change that. Um, Two virtual participants were participating from their residence. Right. As required by Virginia law. Well, we did say it for. Oh, it's, it. <laughs> it's past my bedtime. It said virtual, not residence. So we had to put residence. So. I was like, oh, we said it. We said it. So we didn't need to do it. But right. We'll second the minutes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> A motion by Ms. Freshman, uh, seconded by Ms. Malice. Approval of the minutes um, as emailed on Monday. I will I will call the roll. Uh, Miss Malice. Aye. Miss Freshman. Aye. Miss Clark. Aye. Miss Arthurs. Aye. Share votes. Aye. Uh, two sets of minutes passes. 